Hello everybody and welcome back to another wonderful episode of Guapish Rule 34. As always, I'm your master of ceremonies, Tanner! And today, I'm joined by the award-winning Nico. That's right, everybody. And to accept this award, I'd just like to shout out a few people here. Uh, Michael Jackson, Woody Allen, Ro Roman Pulaski, Jeffrey Jones, R. Kelly, and also, of course, Harvey Weinstein. All those people have something in common. I won't tell you allegedly what it is. You figure it out yourself. And also joining us is our thrice-nominated Dylan. Whoa, what was I nominated for? cool <laughs> and finally joining us is our auteur and underrated masterpiece jackson hello i'm here thank you i am in fact an underrated masterpiece unfortunately i didn't get any nominations this year but that's chill i'll make them up for next year mm -hmm. you should have made a movie exclusively about beating trans people to death <laughs> you know that was in fact not a very good move generally speaking but you know i still did it for the passion <laughs> Gotcha, never mind. Anyway, uh, we're doing a music thing, guys. Oh my gosh, a music thing. Uh, this year was the fucking, you know, it's when the wrapped whatever things came out for Spotify and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Only this and year, so we've we, never done it before. Only this Just year. the first time. Uh-huh. And so we decided we were all gonna listen to each other's top five most played songs of the year, uh, and then just kind of give our thoughts about each other. Um... Mm -hmm. Does anyone want to volunteer to go first? Hello there, this is Nico coming at you from the future real quick. So when we were going over these songs here, we didn't actually like, uh, you know, give like the full names of the songs or like the artists, generally speaking. Uh, so I figured, hey, just so you guys know what the fuck we're talking about, I'm just going to give all these to you here real quick, okay? So for Jackson's Top 5, we have uh, Between Two Worlds by Millie, we have Ga by Utsupi, Copyright Bitch by Utsupi, Sushi Go Round by Utsupi, and Vulgar by Utsupi. Utsupi was Jackson's top artist this year. Tanner, we've got Sparta by War Kings, Keep Your Rifle By Your Side by the Hope Country County Choir, Hell's Coming With Me by Poor Man's Poison, Stormtroopers by Sabaton, and Shieldwall by Ameth Amarth. And then we've got me and my songs. So first up, we've got the song with five names, a.k.a. Soapbox Cow, a.k.a. Checkmate Atheist, a.k.a. Neo Space Government, a.k.a. You Can Never Know by Will Wood and the Tapeworms. Then we've got Bo Jean Blues by the Heavy Young Heathens. For three here, we've got Marsha, Thank You for the Dialectics, But I Need You to Leave by Will Wood. Four, we've got Whisper by Burn the Ballroom. It was actually supposed to be Chariot by Burn the Ballroom by my little oopsie oops. Then we've got Kiss Me You Animal by Burn the Ballroom as well. And finally for Dylan, we've got All in All by Kuba Owens. We've got Airborne by Airborne Robots by F777, Critical Hit by No More Kings, Shinonoga Iwa by Fujikaze, and then Celestial by Ed Sheeran. So I would highly recommend you go over and like listen to all these songs before you listen to this next part. But or not, who the fuck knows? I don't care. Go just enjoy. Um so I listen I should have listened to these again. This I listened to this shit like over two weeks ago at this point, I'm pretty sure. So um Excuse me if I don't have exact thoughts for these songs. I did still write shit down, so I'm just going to read what I wrote down for all these songs. Uh, so I guess I'm going to just give the the rankings here. Um, honestly, it's kind of a toss-up for uh, who I think... Not the worst. I don't think I particularly think any of you guys have bad taste in music. But, you know, at, the bo the, at, the number, at number three, you know, the worst of the options... Uh, it's kind of a toss-up between Tanner and Dylan, to be completely honest. Damn it! Dylan generally has closer taste of music to what I listen to from the songs he's got on it, um, but it's also, like, just far enough away to not really be enough for me to, like, like all of them. 
Uh, and then tanners are okay. Honestly, I find them kind of boring. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh, Nico, unfortunately, was the person that I liked the music most of. So. Unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. Dude, it's, it's crazy because your music sounds like total dog shit in your car with your fucking horrible speakers. And then listening to these songs, you know, with headphones on, um, you really get more of what the songs are about. Mostly, I really like, I like fun, layered instrumentals in my songs. That's a thing I value a lot. And a lot of Nico's songs have fun, layered instrumentals in them. Um, and that was definitely the thing that put him above. Plus, the lyrics were just fun in a lot of them. So I guess I'll just talk about Nico's songs first. Uh, the five names, I put Very Funky, I Like the Piano, Wish the Vocals Were Cleaner. Uh, for Jean Blues, I put Needs a better upload. Audio quality sucks shit. Yeah, but- that was like the worst part of that. Like, I really like that song, but for some reason there's only one rip of it on YouTube and it's fucking dog shit. Yeah, unfortunate. Um, I said, but it has a fun energy and I like the chorus. Um, I like the loud percussion and I hate fade out endings. Um, comes out of nowhere. Um, it's an older song. It was a product of the time. Yeah, oh my God, I hate fade out endings so much. They're, they seem so lazy to me. Um, for Whisper, I put, this song's sick. Fun energy, cool storyline, good instrumentals. I actually like that song. I think that was the only song of literally all of their options here that I actually thought about putting on, onto my playlist. <laughs> there we um, go. Uh, so I actually just realized something, by the way, Jackson. What's um, up? That's the wrong song. <laughs> uh, that was supposed to be uh, Chariot by Burn the Ballroom instead of Whisper. Uh, oh, I like Whisper fantastic. significantly more, though, so I'm not that fucked up about it. But yeah, Chariot was actually a song that was supposed to be there. I don't know why uh, that one ended up being what I put down instead. Oops. You ruined the sanctity of it's, this event. Yeah, it's I'm bullshit. I, I would have changed so many of my songs if I had the option of changing them. <laughs> I, it was an accident. <laughs> I know, I know. It's... <laughs> If it's, a, if it's a better song, who cares? This is a better introduction to uh, this band, if anything. And then for Kiss Me You, I said a uh, little generic feeling didn't leave an impression. Um, so there we go. Those are Nico's tracks. Generally, pretty good. I enjoyed them. I thought they were fun. I liked the instrumentals on them a lot. Well, that was four songs, Jackson. That was five. What? Yeah, so <laughs> I talked about Whisper saying I like that one, and then I said Kiss Me You's uh, was, it was a little generic feeling, and it didn't leave an impression. <clears throat> And that was the that was the fifth song in the list. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, oh yeah, no, I miss, I missed Marsha, the Marsha yeah, one. Yeah, Marsha. Yeah, there uh, we go. Gotcha. I, yeah, I totally walked over that one. Um, yeah, I put f- goofy lyrics, fun instrumentals, like the slow ending piano solo. Uh, that one was silly. I think you've played that one in the car with me before, and I had no idea what the fuck was going on. I definitely liked it a lot more <laughs> listening to it like solo. Yeah, it sounds oh. about right. All right. Um. Who the fuck do I think is better between Dylan and Tanner? I've had a lot of time to think about this, to be honest. I guess I'm just going to give it to Dylan because it's closer to, like, music I listen to. Let's go! Um, so let's talk about Dylan's. Uh, so the Kubamo song, after all, we're all the same. I put, all right, kind of goofy sampling, a little repetitive. Uh, for the F777 song, I put, fun energy, very repetitive. For No More Kings, I put, fun instrumentals, pretty catchy at the cost of being very repetitive. Ending drags forever. Um, for the Fujikaze song, I put generic trap instrumentals with all right piano. Fun lyrics. That song was silly. Uh, and then the Ed Sheeran song, I said I like the airy vibe. Good vocals. I enjoyed it. The Ed Sheeran song, surprisingly, was the one I enjoyed the most of the options, which is pretty funny. This is also coming yeah. from a guy who has listened to a good amount of Kubamo songs and also F777 songs. That, that yeah. F777 song, unfortunately, is the one that I like the least of most of his tracks, to be honest. Oh, uh, damn. The Fujikaze song was fun. I've never listened to it, like a song like that. Um, it had a cool vibe to it. Uh, and let's go to Tanner's. 
I'll write the Sparta track. I put Sparta uh, because they replayed that all the time and I thought it was funny as shit. Uh, pretty generic feeling, a little slower than I like for the genre was my other note for that song. Uh, Rifle by my side, it said, not a huge choir guy, instrumental's pretty boring. I get why you like that song, I'm sure you like the, the messaging of it in the lyrics, but I don't care a fuck about it, to be completely <laughs> honest. Um, Poor Man's Poison, I put, basically country, not a fan of the instrumentals, like the pace change. Uh, for Stormtroopers, I put, like the energy, my style of metal instrumentals, like the pace change, back to energy. That song was probably my favorite of all of yours, I think, Tanner. That song was cool. And uh, Shield Wall, I put, honestly, kind of generic sounding metal, doesn't do much interesting, like vibe of the start and end. And that is my picks right there. Those are my thoughts and my top three. Nico, number one, Dylan, number two, Tanner, number three. Kind of a toss up between Dylan and Tanner, to be completely honest. When I saw my, like, top five, I was very surprised because, like, they're all different genres, pretty much. I mean, there's, like, three metal songs on there, but they're different metal genres. I I was not expecting the... uh, the how all over the place mine were gonna be, and I think that's hurt. That hurts me here, frankly. Yeah, I uh, unfortunately for me, I intentionally uh, did the separate genre thing uh, just because for people who don't know, I didn't, I don't listen to Spotify, so I had to like hand pick the ones I thought I listened to most this year. Uh, so I just really tried to nail all the bases with the genres. So yeah, but. You know. I was going to say, I guess I'll say this before you guys, because I'm going to be in all of the, the rankings here. I don't know why the fuck four out of the five of my songs are the same <laughs> fucking artist. And and two out of the four of those options, I don't even really like those songs that much. There's there's many songs I like way more than those two. I so think. I don't... I don't I've heard... A, people have been talking a lot about YouTube music being like super bugged with their recap. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe it's totally copium. Who knows? Um, but that's what YouTube music gave to me. So, oh well. Who's going next, Dylan? Yeah, I say Dylan. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so I, I took meticulous, I'd say meticulous notes. I kind of just gave everybody scores, and I didn't really write anything down, so. Um, okay. I guess I'll start off. What are your scores off. based off of? Uh, so What's I, your criteria I did, here? So the criteria I based the songs off of were pace, rhythm, instrumental, vibe, and genre. Were the five and that just I, as in, if you like the, the, the particular way it fell into any of those? Yes. Exactly. Okay. And I did it out of five for each. Dude, you um, were talking all this shit about not knowing how to fucking listen and review music, and then you've got, like, this really uh, mathematical way of doing it, which is probably a lot more advanced than any of us. Anyways, nah, go man, on. No, man, it's just numbers. It's not words. There's <laughs> a big difference. Anyway, getting right into it. Uh, I'm just going to move on to the total, since that's where Jackson started. Might as well continue with that. Uh, so, yeah, unsurprisingly, Jackson inadvertently cheated with his music picks. It wasn't of his own volition but it happened none the uh, not otherwise anyway uh so yeah jackson takes number one for me uh at a hundred points Whoa. um tanner perfect gets, score across the board uh, it's not perfect because it's out of it, it, you can get 25 five times perfect score is 125 Damn. unfortunately Pretty uh, good though. but jackson gets i i will say i i do uh, add songs to my playlist so if you got your song added to my playlist i gave you a bonus point jackson scored four bonus points so he's at 104 oh, shit. uh tanner is in second place at 93 tanner scored two oh, bonus okay. points so he, he ended up with 95 not too shabby and then nico came in third place here uh scored 86 uh got two bonus points and scored 88 um so That's insane for, for, like, my favorite songs, uh, actually, the, I think the two people who got, like, a perfect a perfect song uh, by my standards 
was Jackson and Tanner. Both of you guys got a 25 with a bonus point, so, you, so neither of you actually won highest scoring song. Uh, so Jackson, out of Jackson's favorite uh, songs I picked, uh, Sushi Go Round by Utsu P. I thought that was the best song out of the, the five he put up there. Um, and then for Tanner, out of the... And this is going to be complete 180 from Jackson. I thought Keep Your Rifle By Your Side was actually Tanner's best song, personally. Interesting. Um, yeah, I like that vibe. I like the like the country vibe and just like how it paced itself in the rhythm. The instrumentals, I love it when this is, like you have this acoustic guitar. You got like these people... You know, singing and like like Jackson said, telling a story and all that. I love that shit. Um, and I believe Tanner also holds my record for lowest score for a song uh, <laughs> with twelve points, uh, which was uh, I'm, I hope I don't butcher this name. Uh, Amon Amarth Shieldwall. I did not. Damn, you hated that song. I did not particularly find that song very appealing for many reasons. Uh, Crazy, but. And then, you know, as far as, like, Nico's music goes, I was fully 100% expecting this kind of music from Nico. Uh, the the Heavy Young uh, Heathens was probably one of the worst ones. Yeah, it was one of the worst ones, unfortunately. Uh, and also, 180 Trust from me, Jackson. though, that shit goes hard, assuming that the quality isn't fucking horrendous. I, I like the kookiness <laughs> of your songs. I, I know that that's, like, your vibe, which is why I made it one of my categories, uh, but to be completely honest, one of my favorite songs by you, Nico, was actually uh, "Kiss Me, You Animal" by Burn the Burn the Ballroom, and that scored 19. Uh, so not bad. Uh, I think Jackson's worst song for me was "Millie Between Two Worlds." I don't know if that's one of the songs you don't like, Jackson. I'm just gonna assume it probably was. That's his favorite song that of is, all time, Dylan. It's not. It's very high up there. I don't know. It's 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 in contention between being my favorite song of all time currently. When it started, the pace and like the rhythm and the vibe, I was kind of like not with it. And then about halfway through, it picked up, and I was like, okay, this is getting a little better. Let's see where it goes. And it didn't really take off for me, uh, unfortunately. But uh. Yeah, and I got all these other, like, stats here. Uh, Jackson kind of just ran away with this competition, if we were going to call it that overall. Um, but yeah, that's what I got. Okay, fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Dylan. I think you did a really good job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and go. I, I have a feeling Nico uh, thinks he's going to be the best at talking about it, so I'll let oh, him Oh, absolutely last. not. I'm going to be by far the worst. Oh. oh, never mind that. Well, do you want to go then? I have a lot of notes and shit. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, well, what I have to say actually, is... Actually, I'm about... Actually, I'm about to be a hater on all of you. I feel like we should save you for last then. <laughs> sure, go for it, dude. Um, I honestly, going into this, you know, I had my assumptions on whose music I was gonna like the most and this, that, and the other, and, uh, I'm shocked at the results. Um, I guess right off the bat, I'll say I think I liked Dylan's music the most. Let's go. And then I'd probably go probably Jackson then Nico, but it's really close between the two of you. Um, Hot damn. And what I find weird is I, I feel like if you were to lay out all of the music that like I like and all of the music that Nico likes and all the music Dylan and Jackson... I feel like Nico and I probably have the most overlap, but I, I didn't particularly like most of the songs you had here. And um, with Jackson, I've li like you know I've been getting driven around by Jackson for the past couple of months, so I've listened to a lot of his music and I've enjoyed it. 
Um, most of the songs on this list, I, I didn't. These were not the ones that you listen to that I like, though, which I found. Really I, ag- I agree. Um, it's also not the songs I particularly like. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Um, I'll go ahead and start with Dylan, though. Um, the first song, All in All, I thought it was fine. I agree with Jackson. It was a bit repetitive for me. Um, Airborne Robots, I really liked that one. Really solid, high-energy track. It is repetitive, but like I, I kind of expect that from this genre, so it didn't bother me with this one. Critical Hit, I really, really like this song. I think this might have been the only one that I added to my um, like liked songs list. Uh, I think it has a great funk vibe to it. Um, the only thing that I don't like about this song is during the chorus where they have, you know, like it, in the lyrics things, it would be in parentheses and it's, I did 90 double damage to it. I think that line is stupid. They should have taken that out. Fun, it sounds terrible. Fun fact for you. But other than that. Fun fact for hmm? you. That's a, that's a D&D song, so that's why that's in there. Yeah, I, I'm just making sure. Do you think clear. I'm fucking retarded, Dylan? You know what? I hate this song now. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm well aware of it. I'm just saying, the line sounds bad and it doesn't need to be there. Eh. Um, Shinunoga Iwa. <laughs> Close um, enough. Not my thing. That's fair. Uh, and I, I found it very... I looked at... So I... I know we posted YouTube links. I just looked them up in Spotify because that was easier. That probably uh, would have been the best way to go. Yeah. Um, I found it very funny how fruity this artist's description of himself is in um, Spotify because he describes himself as a vegetarian singer songwriter. Oh. <laughs> Why uh, put the vegetarian in there? What does that have to do with the I, music? I, no, it's very funny. <laughs> I'm. Th- yeah, I don't know, Dylan. This does not strike me as the kind of music you listen to. Like, I, I don't know. It's it sounds like girl music. I have a lot whatever. of one-off artists, and he's one of them. Gotcha. Okay, and then Celestial. Um, this one is also sappy like the last one, but I actually like this one. I, 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 I think I agree with... No, I like Critical Hit the most, but this one is a decently close second. I really like this one. Um, and I mentioned this to Nico earlier, and uh, he agreed with me. It The delivery, the vocal delivery of this track makes it sound exactly like, like contemporary church music. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if... Uh, would you agree with me there, Dylan? I I listened to the song and I tried to understand what you guys meant. Mm-hmm. I can with the only thing I can see matching is yes, the delivery and the way the instrumentals are like played out and the way it's paced and all that stuff. I just I guess maybe I need to. Take- I think the the one the one part that very specifically like makes my brain go oh I've heard this kind of stuff in church is when he it's like you make me feel. Where he goes, he goes low. Where he says, "You make me feel," and he shoots up. I'm like, "That's exact. That's shit they do in church." Um, yeah, I can see it. Anyway, yeah, I I thought uh, Dylan's were pretty solid overall. I'll go Jackson next, I suppose. <laughs> um, between two worlds, very as I mentioned, very surprised this was his number one. This song fucking um, rocks. I love this song. <laughs> it's it's just far more subdued than I've known your music to be. So I like I didn't I, I didn't dislike it. I was just surprised at it. You know, um, Gaw is fine. Mm. Uh, copyright bitch wasn't into this one. Uh, the inco- the incongruence between the music and the vocals just didn't work for me. I, I didn't like how 
almost cheery, I suppose, the vocal seemed in comparison to the, the vibe of the music. Yeah. But I liked the bridge on this song. You get used to it over time, but yeah, that's it's definitely very hard to get mm. into at the start, understandably. Uh, Sushi Go Round, this song is fucking goofy, but I liked it, aside from the chorus, which I really didn't like, and the reason is because there there was something off about the drop. That like I think I think it was just slightly too long between when they say sushi go round and when the guitar comes back in. Something about it just makes my brain go, oh this this feels bad. Um let's see. Vulgar, a bit more of a straightforward metaloid song. It was fine. Do they call it metaloid? I have no idea. But probably. They should. Sounds I'm gonna right. fucking copyright that bitch. <laughs> there there um, you go. <laughs> do it. Um, and yeah, overall, I'm really su- I'm surprised I didn't really like uh, Jackson's top five, since I generally do like his music. Um, mm. And then Nico. Now, Nico. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. When you had pitched us on Will Wood yes. a couple weeks ago, uh, one of the things I remember you saying is you're like, he has smart lyrics, but it's not like, like pretentious smart. Yes, that's correct. Uh, I disagree. It's very pretentious. Um, I disagree, you son of a bitch. Fuck you. It's not pretentious at all. I I listened to that one song that you sent me. I was like, yeah, this does give me pretentious vibes, but whatever. And then now having heard three of his songs, I'm like, yeah, it's pretentious. Um, But so song with five names. Neat. Very creative. Not something I'd listen to casually. And I, I think... Looking at my music and Nico's has made me kind of realize a bit of what kind of music listener I am. I'm not someone who likes subtext or metaphors or like, <laughs> I don't know, this is a bad word, but I'll say depth to my music. <laughs> I like it being really straightforward and in my face, you know. I just need like something a little my- shallow, something that won't challenge me at all. Have me like really yeah, thinking exactly. about what's being said at all. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. I don't listen to music to think. Um, Like, all of my songs are pretty straightforward, like, narratives where they're just telling you, hey, here's a thing that's happening, but but it's in song form. This is a wall and it's made of shields. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I I think that's a big reason why I didn't click with, uh, well, I don't click with Will Wood specifically. Um, Heavy Young Heathens... I really liked this song. I felt the bridge could have hit a bit harder is the thing. Um, I like. I, I would have liked to see it lean a bit more into hard rock. I just like um, how raw it sounds, you know? It's so fucking yeah. raw, the recording they do for it. It's, it's just, uh, it, there's something to it. That texture, it, it, they, they just don't make songs like that mm-hmm. anymore, man. That taste, that vanilla. Yeah. Um, Marsha. This is a very slickly packaged song. I, you know, I obviously recognize with Will Wood, he has incredible production value. Um, but for Marsha, I'm a bit lost on the message. Like, he's clearly satirizing the current, like, current uh, society's reliance on pharmaceuticals. Yet he also makes a point of calling out the past when that reliance wasn't the case. And so I don't really get what he's trying to say with this one. Just be who you want to be, man. Stop getting in your own head so much about it. Stop worrying about all those other people. Just just do your own thing, dog. But that's what people did in the past, and he explicitly called out that stuff. Well, because in the past, they would, like, bottle up that shit a lot as well, though. They were uh, still very focused on, like, how other people felt about them and, like, you know, social stigmas and stuff like that. Hmm. 
perhaps. Um, Whisper? This was the most straightforward song I'd say on here. Um, well, Kiss Me You Animal is probably a bit more straightforward. I, I thought both these uh, Burn the Ballroom songs were fine. I, I like rock music, so I thought they were good. <laughs> um, the crazy thing about them as well, if you like, look at their like most popular songs on Spotify and shit like that, uh, like their variety is fucking absurd. Like if you mm. listen to those like top five or whatever, they sound like they're entirely different artists. Gotcha. Hmm. Yeah. Overall, I was very surprised at what wound up being Nico's top three most listened to songs, just because they don't seem very conducive to me to casual listening. Like, you know, obviously most listened to means that these are the songs you played the most times, and I'm very surprised that you're, like, playing Will Wood just, like, I don't know, when you're editing videos or driving in the car. It, it just does not strike me as the kind of music you'd be listening to in that context. Oh, I'm blasting it constantly, man. There were uh, a couple weeks where I just, like, have fucking, like, Will Wood's, just, like, all of his top songs or whatever, just, like, playing on my way to and from work. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that, anyway, that's my thoughts. That music 100% fits Nico. I, I that, that did not surprise me like I had stated. I agree. It does fit me pretty well. And as for your guys' music, so, yeah, I guess I'll go through whose music I liked the most and shit like that, you know? I, I won't really be going song by song here because, to be perfectly honest, I don't really have super in-depth thoughts on most of these songs. It's because he speaking. didn't write it down. I told him to write it down. <laughs> he said he was going to remember it, and now he forgot. <laughs> you bastard. You failed us, Nico. So, for my number one pick, it's really difficult, okay? Because for my number one and my number two here, my number two, I feel their music is far more consistent in terms of what I enjoy from it, you know? Like, the highs aren't quite as high, but the lows aren't anywhere near as low either is the big thing. However, (laughs) for the number one, I feel like there's just more there that I enjoy that's able to counteract the fucking depths at which it sinks to. Uh, and that's going to be Tanner. You're my number one here, dude. Congratulations. Oh, Unbelievable. <laughs> that's crazy. So what, you liked Poor Man's Poison, Keep Your Rifle By Your Side, and Stormtroopers a lot, and you hated Shield Wall and Sparta? Yes. That's basically Holy it, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, um... Like, you know, the instrumentals for, like, Sparta and Shieldwall, I feel like are really good. I really enjoy that kind of shit. But the fucking vocals are atrocious, and it makes me want to throw my phone across the room. I can't stand (laughs) it. For all of you guys, would you just say you don't like growl vocals? No, I fucking despise it. Not throughout the entire song, necessarily. Okay. I'm I'm kind of 50-50 on them. I think they can be well done, and there's some songs I like them in, but most of the time I definitely like cleaner vocals. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Okay, I understand that. Yeah, mainly Keep Your Rifle By Your Side and Poor Man's Poison. I really enjoyed both of those. I almost, I came really close to adding Poor Man's Poison to my playlist. I can't, I, I, I almost did. I almost pulled the trigger. But it was on YouTube. I didn't want to look it up on Spotify. I'll probably just go ahead and look it up on Spotify later after this and add it. But, right. like, you know. <laughs> As for my number two. Uh, oh, yeah. Also, I, I, I did think about a little bit. As to how I felt about each of your guys' playlists. Uh, Tanner, uh, this music really conveys to me that you're someone who will bomb an abortion clinic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Jesus, dude. Jackson, as for your music, you are my number two, man. Damn it. Now, I must say, I really enjoyed the fucking Millie song that you have there. It reminds me insanely a lot of the music that you find in like the fucking Near games and shit like that. 
It is like a one for one right there, man. It's crazy. And I've heard basically all of these songs a lot of times, like in the car and shit like that when we're driving to the gym. And so none of it like really stood out to me a ton where it's like, whoa, this is like a crazy new feeling. But yeah, that fucking Between Two Worlds I enjoyed a lot. As for the rest of them, I don't know, they're kind of just like normal ass fucking like hard anime songs, I guess. <laughs> hard anime. Yeah. Hard yeah. anime songs. <laughs> Yeah. Anime hard mode. Yeah. That's supposed to soft. These aren't your mama's anime songs is what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> gotcha. As for Dylan's, um, like, you know, I I don't think any of your songs were bad at all. Like, whatsoever is the thing here. I feel like the, much like Jackson said, the Ed Sheeran song, I enjoyed a decent bit. It's just that, like, I don't know, they don't have a lot of personality to them, I guess, is the big thing here. Like, these songs just all feel really safe to me overall. Like, hmm. the like you're having, like, a little get-together at home or something like that. You're inviting a bunch of, like, friends and family over or some shit. And you just, like, need a playlist to throw on in the background. It's not, like, you know, super offensive or anything like that. People are going to be like, what the fuck are we listening to right now? Can we change it? You know, it's just some nice, easy listening overall. But just in, I don't know, it nothing about it stood out to me as particularly amazing, I'd say. I don't know if I'd play Airborne Robots at a family gathering. Also, i just throw on Lo-Fi. That's probably the safest bet you got, man. Yes, sir. Also that. But yeah, that, basically, that's uh, those are really my thoughts here. Like I said, I didn't have a shitload to say here, but... You know, I may have ranked lowest on Nico's, but for some reason, at the same time, I don't feel like a loser. Unfortunate. <laughs> what do you mean, unfortunate? That was a good thing. It's not supposed to be unfortunate. Like I said, your music wasn't bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nico's got a very persnickety uh, taste in music. I think that's a great word to describe Persnickety, it. you say. Yes. Yeah, for Don't the... look up the definition. I'm going off of vibes. I'm going to look it up now. I was like... definitely going to say, going into this, I knew that me and Nico, for the longest time, had the same taste in music. And then, like, obviously, you know, like Nico was saying, riding in the car with Jackson all the time. Dude loves blasting his music. Uh, I, I told Jackson, like, I'm just constantly taking his music, and I got super into into J-pop and J-rock and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of, you know, like like I, you know, put Jackson at number one. I did re- honestly go into this thinking I was going to like uh, Jackson's music the most, and then Nico second, but clearly that's not the case, unfortunately. UTP kicks ass. Love that, UTP dude. is very good. Unintentional cheating. Big fan. <laughs> Right, fantastic. I think we had a pretty good balance overall. We weren't shitting on each other. All of us picked much. a different number one. That's crazy. Is that is that actually, that's true? Yeah. Look. Impressive. Well, good job, everyone. Guys, we all have great taste in music. There yeah. we go. Speaking of uh, awards. <laughs> yeah, sure. <What's> that? <laughs> the Quapish at the Movie Awards, guys. Oh! Holy fuck! Holy shit, Tanner! I can't believe it. We're finally doing it. It's here. It's here. We've been uh, hyping up so much. We're finally doing the big award show. That's right. It's been a whole seven days since we last announced all our awards, and now the votes are tallied, and it's time for me to announce all the winners. Woo-hoo. Um, and tell you what, if you uh, you know, if your nominee gets chosen, you know, say something funny. Oh. Okay. So, if you want to, you know, you don't have to. If you want to, if you don't have, you know, you can just thank uh, your parents or something if you want. I don't know, like how many times you really need to thank your parents and shit like that. Or should I re? I'll redo the uh, the nominees each time. So first up, we have the award for most forgettable with the nominees: Take Me Home Tonight, Free Willy Two, Metropolis, and Skinamarink. And the winner of most forgettable is Metropolis. 
I'm actually shocked this one. I was the I was I think I picked Metropolis, right? I picked Metropolis. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Let's go, Jackson's boys. Let's go. Movie. Yeah, this movie is uh pretty fucking forgettable. It's really slow and it's really boring. And like I know yeah. it's like a peak thing of the genre, but like holy shit, it has nothing going for it from a modern perspective. I frankly I thought Free Willy 2 was gonna win, to be honest. Right? I aggressively disagree with this one winning, but whatever. Same here. How is it the three of us disagree with it and yet still won? Um, what do you mean, Nico? You voted for this one. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I picked Free Willy 2 as my nominee, so I didn't really have any other options. <laughs> and the other okay. two I didn't think deserved it. What? Was this one of the 50-50 ones? No, it wasn't. Oh, there we go. Uh, Metropolis had two votes, and then Skinamarink and Free Willy 2 had one vote. Oh, there, there we go. go. Why the Wait, fuck would it... anyone pick fucking Skinamarink? That Skin... movie's not forgettable at all. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I disagree. Oh, well. Anyways... <laughs> Next up, we have the award for best girl with our nominees Sakura from I Want to Eat Your Pancreas, Victoria from Heathers, Hannah from Wolf Children, and Kelly from We Bought a Zoo. And the winner of best girl is Sakura! Damn it! Thank you, everyone. Thank you for picking my nominee. Um, Who the fuck picked what? her, by the way? What? <laughs> I nominated her. Yeah, yeah but, but like, like who, who voted? Who voted for her? You did. I may have just gone under the assumption no one else would vote for her, so I felt like it was a safe <laughs> vote to just uh, throw mine in there. What? Hold Nico's, on, were you Nico, gaming you... <laughs> this system, trying to just farm awards by voting for people you wouldn't think win? No, not necessarily. It was mainly just for that one. I also sure hope you didn't do that because you did the worst in terms of winning awards. Damn, that's crazy. Damn, let's go. <laughs> Gotta get some redemption after the Game Awards, I guess. Anyway, next up, we have Worst Mom, with our nominees Hyochabed from The Prince of Egypt, Amelia from The Babadook, The Dead Wife from We Bought a Zoo, and Grace from The Others. And the winner of Worst Mom is Grace from The Others! Did I... Did yes, that's yours, Dylan. Oh my gosh, I knew I had it in me, guys. I, I knew you'd see my potential eventually. We knew you could kill those kids, Dylan. This is one of the only ones that had a quote-unquote unanimous vote. There's no way. <laughs> in I fact, mean... it te originally it technically had a unanimous vote because Dylan is stupid and voted for it. <laughs> I, it goes to show that I clearly don't remember what I chose for this category at all. That's pretty Correct. fun. <laughs> anyway, great choice, Dylan. You really pulled it out. There we go. Can't wait for more. Alright, next up we have Best Talking Animal. With our nominees, The Talking Raptor from Jurassic Park 3, Rocket Raccoon from The Guardians of the Galaxy, Chopper from One Piece, or Puss in Boots from Shrek 2. And the winner of Best Talking Animal is Rocket Raccoon from Guardians of the Galaxy! Oh. Holy smokes! That's right. Good job, Nico. Thank you. you I, did I, it. I I would have picked like Chopper or something, but I felt like Rocket Raccoon was a safe choice for a winner. I, yeah, this was also one of the few unanimous ones. Yeah, I, I saw the nominees and I was like, "There's no, I have no chance in this category." <laughs> All right. Next up, we have our most contentious category: Ooh. most likely to ruin your family. Yeah, that makes sense. And the nominees are irreversible, happiness, cuties. And Terrifier. And the winner of Most Likely to Ruin Your Family, Terrifier! I th that was you, Dylan. That was me! I did it again, guys! I told you I'd come back! What did I tell ya? 
Why did Terrifier win, though? I feel like Cuties is far more obvious in terms I, of a winner I think here. Terif- I think, uh, not even Cuties, uh, well, Irreversible. I think that is far more likely to ruin your family than Cuties, Really, any to be of these than Terrifier. I feel like Terrifier is just like, ew, why are we watching this? The rest of them, you know, it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why I, I are you making like us watch this? Cuties is emotionally damaging, like... Irreversible is like visually and mentally. Like you just see more in Irreversible. That's why I think Cuties but Irreversible is a didn't lower. win. <laughs> I know it didn't, but I think it's still worse than Cuties. I listen, man. I used I you know I I did have to go to a uh, a ranked choice voting system and uh, it spat out Terrifier. So I don't know what to tell you. Damn. Wait, was this one of the random ones? Because we again tied it did it, after it the did eventually choose it at random. Jesus Christ. So so I just okay. Don't worry about it. Okay. And next up we have the award for Leaf's Threatening Appearance with our nominees Chicken Joe from Surf's Up, Blue from Rio 2, The Goblin King from Labyrinth, and Michael Burry from The Big Short. And the award goes to Chicken Joe! Damn it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Um, Dude, I was so close to nominating Chicken Joe myself. I came real close to pulling that trigger. Damn. Well, you wouldn't have gotten it because all my awards went first. Yeah, so. you son of a bitch. Fuck you. You weren't allowed to do that, you son of a bitch. We technically all had the same amount of time. I just knew when I was going to post, <laughs> hey, make your nominees, you know. <laughs> um, Next up, we have most I need to make my girlfriend love this film with our nominees No Country for Old Men, The Prince of Egypt, Wolf Children, and Sophie's Choice. And the winner... Is no country for old men. God damn it. I can't believe I took this award by being the only one who really understood it. Listen, we all have our justifications for what we picked, all We've right? explained you, this to you twice now, Tanner. Twice, and I know, you but still don't ju- get it. Listen, your arguments fucking suck. What That's do you mean? What's, what's unsound about our arguments, Tanner? Explain it to us. Listen, Hunter, Hunter posted an explanation. It, I understood it. I assumed you guys were keeping up as well. Yeah, That's and my we bad. still explained ourselves based off of uh, his uh, description. So yeah, what yeah, about it is you, not correct? Correct, here, Tanner. <laughs> Listen, saying okay, mate. Like, what? What did you pick, Prince of Egypt? Yes. Again, widely beloved film by people of all genders and ages. I don't care how secular a girl is; she'll like that movie. Untrue. I don't. If think a that's girl true. is as staunchly opposed to religion enough, she'll be like, "Why are you making watch God, Jesus? What you mean that big guy in the sky who exists? You want me to both like yeah, watch a movie about this? this? But, okay, tell you what, Nico, I will give you a thousand dollars if you can genuinely find me a woman our age who has not seen the Prince of Egypt, who you then sit down and have watch it, and she hates it, dude. I'm going to re-download Tinder here. I'm going to fucking blast through that shit. And I'm just kidding because you obviously would tell her, hey, watch this movie and say you hate it and I'll give you a hundred bucks. I would not do it at all. I'm not splitting shit when I know I can easily get it, dude. Right. Yeah, sure. Um, Anyway, you guys are all huffing copium. You fucking suck. Uh, Next ranking or next uh, fucking award. Worst Nico ranking with the nominees being used cars, surfs up, Fritz the Cat and Nacho Libre. And the winner is Fritz the Cat. God damn Whoa. it, dude. Congratulations, Jackson. Guys, I'm so excited. I'm glad you guys all agree with me. <laughs> I didn't mm-hmm. agree with you, though. That's the problem here. And then we have Biggest Shit Eater 
with the nominees being Mr. Blonde from Reservoir Dogs, Chim Chim from Speed Racer, Phil Connors from Groundhog Day, and Richard from Who Killed Captain Alex. And the award goes to Phil Connors! Damn. Congratulations again to Jackson. I had also forgot I voted for him. I was about to say that was like a Tanner vote. That's funny. We're all walking away winners <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, this one uh this one was a tie vote between Phil Connors and Mr. Blonde, my pick. Damn. And uh the way I settled ties in cases where like uh the award was suggested by someone that wasn't us is I just went to the award maker and said, Hey, which of these two do you think should win? Uh so my girlfriend betrayed me. Um Bummer. That's unfortunate. And finally, we have the award for Smallest Hand Energy, with our nominees being Ratso from Midnight Cowboy, Blue from Rio 2, Steph from The Goonies, and Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg from The Other Guys. And the award goes to Blue! Damn it! Look at that. The only character who doesn't even have hands. That's how small hand his energy <laughs> truly is. I didn't think about That's it on that insane. level. You're absolutely right. It all makes sense. Well, congratulations. Uh, overall, Jackson and I took uh, took home three awards, and Nico and Dylan took home two each. Damn. Pretty That's close. Truly heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. We'll see you guys again next year for the Guapish Movie Awards. Boo. Speaking of movies. We are going into our re-rankings. Are, do we want to do re-rankings first, or this week's movies first? Re-rankings. Yeah. I guess we can go through the re-rankings. That would make sense. Re-rankings. Okay. So, uh, folks, it's that time again, our biannual uh, re-ranking, where we get to go back through... Um, Back through our ranks, and if we feel like, uh, you know what, my thoughts have developed on this film, uh, we get to change them around. I'll go ahead and kick us off here, personally, okay? okay? Nice. So, you know, I'll, I'll just rattle them off here. If you if you want to, like, you know, bring attention to any particular one, uh, feel free to shout it out. But other than that, uh, here we go. So, first up here, I decided to right a wrong of mine, okay? I went with Surf's Up, went from a C- to a C+. It, it, this was one of our much earlier films, okay? And because of that, we still hadn't, like, really shook out just what, like, each rank really means at that point. And, yeah, at this point, looking at all the other C-minus films, Surf's Up definitely does not belong there anymore, so <laughs> adjusting that one felt uh, a bit deserved. Avatar The Way of the Water, B-plus down to B. The Village, C-plus to C. House of Wax, C-minus up to C, actually. One of, uh, another one of my rare... Film's going up here. Mm. Treasure Planet, C minus to C as well. Let's go. Jurassic Park, A minus to B plus. The Lost World Jurassic Park, C minus to D plus. Heathers, a very rare instance here, from A plus to S minus. A film actually getting moved oh, up wow. here. I do mm. feel like this film really stuck with me a lot more than I initially gave it credit for. Unlike another film that was previously in S minus, which is now being moved down to A plus. Reservoir Dogs, Dress Park 3, C... Dude, no way. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. I acknowledge it's a really fantastic film. However, nothing about it really sticks with me a particular amount, you know? And I feel like that's really what S is meant for here. It's really meant for the films that they mean something to me, you know? And Reservoir Dogs, well, it's a really great film, which is why it's at the very top of, like, you know, the general films, the A+. It, there just wasn't enough there to really, you know 
just keep me feeling for it, dog. Why, why do you think you didn't connect with it so much compared to all of the rest of us? I don't know, man. I guess none, none of the characters particularly really uh, were able to grab me quite enough, you know? Mm. Jurassic Park 3 as well, by the way, boys. From C- down to D+. VeggieTales the movie, also from C- to D+. The Others... A plus to A. Uh, that film, I feel like the big twist is really what uh, initially made me go and place it that high. But I feel like it's that may have been a bit too uh, a bit too much mm-hmm. on my part initially. Spaceballs D plus to D. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom D plus to D as well. Funny Games A to A minus. Osmosis Jones B to B minus. And Twelve Angry Men from A plus to A minus. Ah. Hmm. Why did 12 Angry Men go down two ranks for you? I think a big thing for me there was that, you know, I'm not proud to admit it, but I'm also not immune to being swayed by popular opinion, you know? And I feel like for that one, I may have hyped up my feelings for a little more than initially deserved. Interesting. And then what's... what? I don't know. You were probably, like, the most... I don't know. I think you were probably the biggest advocate for funny games in here. Why, why have Jackson you gone down Rose. on that one since then? Uh, I feel like the fucking really slow parts were really just what did it to me. I mm-hmm. like. I get why they're there, but at the same time, I feel like they don't need to waste so much time, I think, is the biggest thing okay. for me. But yeah, overall, that's my ranks, guys. How about you, silly fellas? Jackson, do you want to go next? Oh, absolutely not. Sorry. I I had my initial list, right? Because I used the, the editor on the website. Um, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, I used that, you know, the output of that, then changed my ranks manually in the code, and then discarded that. So I'm currently trying to transcribe all of my changed ranks by looking, <laughs> gotcha. at, by looking at the file in the code, and it's a pain in the fucking ass. So I'm going to go last. Right. Okay, Dylan, you go ahead and go. All right, boys, it's the moment you've all been waiting for. I am probably the most controversial movie ranker here, so please, I would just like, before we uh, get to Dylan and Tanner here, I just want to throw this out here real quick, guys, okay? Real quick. Okay. So, you know, we we poke and jest a lot here, but at the end of the day, we're we're just some friends sitting down, watching some movies, sharing our opinions on them. It doesn't matter that much in the grand scheme of things, you know? All the horrible things I say to you guys, they're about to precede all of this. It's all (laughs) done in jest, okay? I don't mean most of it. Only about 85% of it. Because you guys are fucking retarded. You're hack frauds. I fucking hate both of you, okay? Jackson to a lesser extent, but also still him as well. Don't worry, he is also gonna be facing my ire here, okay? You motherfuckers, I don't know why ever actually, like, held any of your opinions in any sort of high regard at all. None of you know any you shit never about did. these Shut movies, the fuck okay, up. motherfuckers. You never held our you opinions in high regard, about these you fucking movies. liar. Your are garbage, you piece right? of shit. That's I'll fucking need kill to you in your sleep. I'm the I'm only one who actually has a valuable opinion to be spotted here on this channel. Fuck you! <laughs> Alright, so go on, Dylan. Boy, I sure hope that stays in the podcast, because I didn't hear of any of it. Of course it will. Where, will. where would it go? Good thing, you know... <laughs> Uh, I'll, I guess I'll preface with this. Um, I think the I think like Nico was saying, I think the whole watching movies every week, you know, the progress of Guapch at the movies really gives us a chance to you know learn what we like and what we dislike. You know, lets us go back and think about our older movies. Um, and I kind of came to the same conclusion as Nico, surprisingly enough, where S rank is deserving of something. 
that stands out and like something that mm-hmm. either like the movie did something to make you remember it or it holds a special place in your heart it did something that another movie did not do perhaps uh, and s I, is meant to be special yeah this is literally what i said last week but anyway um so i decided to take a couple of them out uh and i'm not gonna you know get it too deep in the weeds in, about it but anyway here we go now get in the weeds i'm not getting in the weeds because we'll be here for we're a here for the weeds uh Basically, I, I have, like, a general overlay of how I, f- like, what each general tier means to me. Like, A, I still think the movie okay. is great. Uh, B is kind of like, I'll, I might watch this movie again. I'm not gonna, you know, it was pretty good. C is kind of like, alright, this was an average movie. It was whatever. It did some good things. did some bad things. You know, it was there. A mm-hmm. D was like, that movie was bad. It was, a, it was an experience, but not, probably not gonna watch it again. F was just like, I got that movie out of my system. I never, I wish I'd never watched that movie, wish it never existed. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, I'm very, uh, very easily entertained. So that's, that's where the unfortunate bit of why I have so many A and S tier movies. I'm also just tend to be more positive. Um, that's fine. So from top to bottom, or at least what I perceive as top to bottom here, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People from S to A+. Uh, Treasure mm-hmm. Planet, a childhood fond memory and favorite of mine, even, uh, from S to A. Uh, Wolf Children, I apologize, Jackson, from S to A+. I realized with that movie, I really wanted Jackson at the time to have an S-tier movie, so I, re- I tried really hard to bring it up without skewing it too much. It's still an S-tier. Yeah, it's surprisingly. Uh, fuck you, Dylan, fuck you, that's your S-tier, kick rock, fuck Jackson. you, You know bitch. what I mean by that? Calm down, my guy. Um, The Labyrinth, another uh, another one of my favorites, holds a special place in my heart. Uh, S to A, uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom from S minus to A minus. Holy uh, shit, mm. it moved. <laughs> Pandora. The bullying worked. <laughs> it, it didn't. I just had a lot of time to think about it. Uh, it was one of those ones where it's like, okay, I really like this movie, but is it in the hall of favorite movie of all time? I guess is what we can pin it as. Uh, Pandorum, S minus to A minus. Starship Troopers, S minus to A. I thought that movie was very good, but, you know, not something super crazy. Uh, mm. Digimon, A plus to A minus. Mars Needs Moms, A plus to B. Uh, Bridge to Terabithia, A plus to B as well. Uh, The Mist. But Dylan, The Bridge to Terabithia, that movie, like, really affected you. You were talking about when you watched it. Why did it move down so much? Um, I can appreciate the story it tells. And I think one reason this this movie really connected me when I was younger because I I like to still believe that I may still have it, but I had a very vivid, active imagination as a child. So this movie connected with me very well on that level. And I think I was still trying to really hold on to that part of my childhood. Uh, not that I'm trying to let go of it, but I, I also realized I need to look at the movie for what it is, not for what I thought it was. Um, so yeah, that that's why. Still thought the story was pretty good. Uh, the Mist. From A to B minus. I actually do have a justification for this one. Uh, I think what it was trying to do was good, but with my new knowledge of how CGI works and all that other kinds of stuff that you guys have been slowly educating me over the course of these past couple of months, I can see now why The Mist isn't all that. Um, and also the Wilhelm scream just really drug it down. I didn't <laughs> believe you guys when I when you said that at first, and I was shocked, to say the least, when I discovered it. After listening to it like 15 times. Uh, Garakawa, B plus to C minus. I uh, realized the error of my ways and realized that movie didn't really have anything going on with it. And it was just an okay, slightly less okay movie. 
Thank God. Uh, One Piece. I don't remember which one. The DEA. I don't remember which one that is. Is that the race one? I think so. I'm not. I, I don't fucking know the exact. It's the names. Dead End Adventure. Yeah, it's the race Dead one. End, yeah, the race okay. one. Th- that one. Yeah, One Piece is. I, I gotta say, Nico, your 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 setting expectations for One Piece have really lowered like my my perspective on the like this this the show in general. So. But these are movies. They have nothing to do about the show. I don't know, man. And you're also, not, the show not... is going to be getting a fucking Kai treatment as well here. It was just announced recently. So they're actually going to be remaking it, but make it good now, which should Thank be God. fucking nuts. I might actually watch it then. Uh, 12 Angry Men. I actually do really enjoy this movie. Uh, I remember watching it before. I didn't think I'd like it then, and I ended up liking it. Uh, this moves from a B to an A. Um, Veggie Tales from a B to a C plus. I just realized I didn't move very many movies. Oh, this is incredible. Uh, I don't think any of us did. Yeah. Time has I, I not think, been kind to these films. I mean, <laughs> I think mine also with my list is like, I, I realize I need to make room for movies that actually deserve the rankings. And not that it matters how top heavy or bottom heavy or whatever the my list will be. That's not the point. It's just like, I I gotta start comparing apples to apples to apples and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Veggie Tales, it's just a kid's movie. It was It was a pretty okay done kids movie that was my justification for that um the cave after extensive review was not what i remembered it being unfortunately <laughs> uh the descent was slightly better unfortunately so slightly i don't i think i i think i also put the descent at b minus so that's also probably why i moved the cave down to be honest uh evangelion uh 3.0 you cannot redo S to A+. I still think all the Evangelion movies are pretty good. Uh, some of them stand out more than others. I, I obviously like the action-packed ones a lot more. Uh, that one's in there twice. Uh, Nacho... Did I do Nacho Libre already? No, I did not. Nacho Libre. Uh, S to A-. I'm sorry, Tanner. Let's fucking uh, go. I, mo- I moved it down, too. <laughs> oh, thank God. Uh, well, sorry to Hunter, Kyler, whoever else is Nikolai Brothers' favorite movie. Uh, there is justice in this world. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, it's just you wait. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, there was a little bit of spite in this ranking, I'm not gonna lie. I still enjoy the movie. I'm just a, I'm just a fan of the Jurassic Park series I have been ever since I was a kid. It's one of those series that holds a special place in my heart, so I can't take it down too far. Jurassic World Dominion from an S- minus to just an A. So, still pretty up there. Uh, The Patriot, S-, minus A-, minus. Spaceballs, A+, plus to B+. It's a Star Wars parody, you know. I think it was good. It wasn't over the top, though. It's still just a parody. It's an unfunny uh, one at that. I have a skewed sense of humor compared to you guys, unfortunately. Uh, did that one already, I believe. Right? Mars Needs Moms? I think I did that one already. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Terrifier. This is probably my most drastic change out of all of them. Here's here's my explanation. Uh. I'll give my explanation, then I'll give my ranking. My explanation was, when we first ranked it, Nico was like, why would you rank this as an S if you hated the movie? I said, it did a really good job for what kind of movie it set out to be. Which was a somewhat decent justification, but as of our standing now... It's a terrible justification, (laughs) but... Uh, so, I thought, yes, I hated the concept of the movie. I don't like movies like this. I thought what it did was pretty alright. So I thought I'd just meet it in the middle and call uh, call it a C. So it's going from an S to a C. That is probably the most drastic change that we will see of anyone here. Yeah. Th- yeah, so my justification is surely I hated the movie itself. 
I thought what it did was pretty good to counterbalance how much I hated it. Uh, and finally, we land on Maze Runner, probably our most recent ranked movie, I think, out of all of these. I don't think so, but... The Maze Runner? Out of all of these? Mm-mm. Uh, I'm pretty sure Maze Runner's... I feel like been... Terrifier was early, or was, uh... Later than Maze Runner. I don't think that's true, but I'll do my research after I'm done. Uh, Maze Runner goes from S to A+. I still really enjoyed the movie, but I don't think it's an S rank. It's it's not one of those special movies. So yeah, there we go. You guys have any uh, outlying concerns? It sounds like we got them all out for the most part. Dude, seems pretty chill to be next door. Fucking wolf children! Fuck you, son of a bitch! Anyways. <laughs> it's still um, an I'm... S tier, bro. Calm down. <laughs> I'm done with mine, and I don't want to be the fucking number one yapper of all time, because I'm going to be doing a lot of talking after I give, you know... I've got I've got the whole re-ranking, so I'm just going to do my re-rankings next. Tarek can document, and then I'll talk for, like, 20 minutes straight about everything else. Okay. Uh, yeah, mine weren't really that drastic. Uh, most, most of it is kind of me just looking at other movies in the tier and thinking, okay, this movie's probably closer to those movies than anything. Okay. Um, there wasn't a, really a whole lot of movies where I was like, damn, this shit actually kind of sucked. It was mostly just, okay, maybe this movie is actually closer to this one than I thought it was, kind of thing. Uh, kicking us off here with the first movie, I think, we ever talked about, uh, the Demon Slayer Mugen Train movie, from S- minus to A+. Uh, you guys might be like, what the fuck? I actually have been watching Demon Slayer again with a couple of friends recently, and we watched this movie again, and I also watched the, the season, the whole season around the movie again. So I've seen this shit... A million fucking times at this point, honestly, it's kind of worn off on me at, at, as well. Especially like the the third time I've seen this movie, and like I, it doesn't hit me like at all at this the point anymore. The magic is just gone at this point. It's it's mostly like even like the goofy like comedy scenes that are supposed to be kind of funny, like the dream sequence and stuff. Mm. They kind of drag on. I think they're kind of unfunny, mm. and I, the emotional state really just didn't hit with me that much anymore. But dude, you get to see Nezuko as a little bunny girl. It's so cute, dude. Come on, don't don't you remember that part? A plus, still pretty solid, still very a good, very good movie, but it doesn't have enough to cross the threshold. God, I'm like, uh, I'm like fucking Helican Jess. I'm talking all my shit's going to my throat. Anyways, <laughs> uh, Spider Man Way Home from B to B minus, uh, The Big Lebowski from A to A minus, Parasite from S to S minus, uh, Planet of Monkey from B plus to C plus. I think that's probably going to be my most drastic change. Um, that one again Wait, is just so, the original Planet of the Apes. Yes, dude, you're fucking cracked. I was thinking about it, and I was like, this movie was kind of fucking boring. And I know it's, like, pretty impressive for what it did for its time, but I think it's closer to, like, these other movies I have in this tier. Um, it was it was one of those movies where, like, okay, it probably fits more here than the rest of them. Anyways. Solid take, to be honest. Uh, the Prince of Egypt from A-plus to A-minus. Uh, Straw Ooh, Dogs. Fuck atheist. you. Straw Dogs from D to D-minus. Uh, Yay. I moved Let's 9 go. from B-minus to C-plus. I have South Park, the whatever fucking... One it was called, I can't remember. Uh, from A minus to B plus. Uh, I have Undercover Brother from A minus to B minus. Pretty, that was actually a pretty big drop too as I'm looking yeah, at oh it. Yeah, oh my god. Did I actually put a B minus? Hold on, let me fucking look this up. Or did, was that a typo? <laughs> uh, no, I put it at B plus, that's right. No, it was not oh, okay. that drastic of a drop. I just put the wrong number when <laughs> yeah, I was writing Yeah, I was gonna say you down. fucking hated that movie. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, no, I still <laughs> think that movie's funny. I don't think it's like any tier movie though. Um, Fritz the Cat, I moved from uh, F to F plus. No way. There we pretty, go. Mm. Pretty crazy. Um, I moved Spiderwick from C minus to C. I moved uh, Brigsby Bear from B plus to A minus. I moved I Want to Eat Your Pancreas from C minus to C. I moved The Mist from B plus to B. 
I moved Garakoa from D to D minus. I moved Wet Hot American <laughs> Summer from A minus to B plus. Um, I moved Cleopatra from D plus to C minus. And I mm. moved uh, Funny Games from S minus to A plus. Um, basically the same reasoning as Nico for that one. It, yeah. I think it's really cool what they're doing. I think the cinematography and the acting is fucking incredible. Uh, but it's also so goddamn boring and slow at parts. Yeah. Um, it's they're yeah. pretty irredeemably so. Like, I know that's what it's going for, but, like, it's also its downfall, and that's kind of the point. Um, we bought a Zulu move from D plus to C minus. I have moved the Maze Runner from B to B minus, and I moved I Am Legend from B minus to B. And those that's are all cool. my very exciting, not very exciting rank changes. Any discussions here? Yeah, I was just planning on bringing shit up when I hear it. I think yeah. that's all. I think yeah. you sound pretty reasonable throughout. Yeah. I think regardless of our minuscule changes, I think overall with all of us, all, with all of our powers combined, it'll make it change somewhere or something. Oh, uh, there's, yeah, there's quite, so. a, quite a few movies that have won. Most of them are very minor changes, though, unfortunately. From what I'm I, excited from what to hear what yeah. those are, but before we get to that, we got to hear what my changes are. Whoa! Uh, and I got quite a few. Yeah, so, more than me, even. I thought I'd have more. I don't know if I have more than you, but anyway, first off, uh, I moved No Country from Old Men, Old Men from uh, S to S plus. Holy uh, shit! That movie, yeah, that movie fucking slaps. Honestly, I, I legitimately love that film, and it is a complete and utter travesty that it is not in the S tier. Um, and that's oh wait, oh wait, no, but you said uh, Hunter updating it didn't bump it up either. No, it's still at A plus. Okay, it, it I need to. Moved. I need to engage in a in a uh, six month long terror operation against Dylan to get him to raise his rank on that one. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. Um, let's see. Where's my tab? Here we go. I also bumped the thing up from S to S plus. Uh, the thing is really fucking good, and I like that movie. Based. I moved Rocky from S minus to S. Uh, you know, when we were ranking this one, you guys got me to doubt myself, but fuck you, I love Rocky. Um, <laughs> Let's go. I also moved 12 Angry Men from S-minus to S. Uh, this one just, it sticks out in my mind where I'm like, god damn, that's a fucking movie right there. That's a movie. Um, I moved Rogue One from S to S-minus. Uh, Still an Spider-Man. S tier, though, that's a little sad. I... See, the thing is... It's the best Star Wars movie. I was going to say, I think we've decided you know? it's the best Star Wars, though. But, like, <laughs> even if it's the best one, I still don't think it's deserving of being up that high. <laughs> I, I think it is. I think like, only half of the movie is very good at all. Which half? The latter half. The one where once they actually make it to the planet. Everything huh. before that is fucking boring. Interesting. Nah, I really like that movie. Uh, I moved Spider-Man No Way Home from S to S-. minus. I really am going to have to see how my thoughts on that, because I feel like my thoughts on that one are going to be constantly in flux, but we will see. Uh, I moved the big short from A-plus to S-minus. I think that movie was very, very entertaining, and uh, I think the fact that it was explaining this big, important thing uh, in a very digestible and entertaining way made it special. Um... I moved The Fly from A-plus to S-minus again. I think the effects in that movie make it special. Uh, Martian, A to A-plus. Let's go. Happiness, A to A-plus. Coraline, A to A-plus. The Babadook, A to A-plus. Heathers, A to A-plus. Jesus Christ. You have so many move-ups, man. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, well, it, really, um, if you look at the the way my thing is laid out, literally, what kind of happened is that a lot of the ones that were in the t- higher tiers, I realized I liked even more than I thought, and so they would move up. And then a lot of the ones in the lower tiers, I realized I liked even less than I thought, and they moved a bit down. Tanner literally has um, zero movies right now in B minus and C plus. They're just entirely fucking <laughs> kind of like how I point. was for a very long stretch of time. That's not true. He's slowly um, turning into Nacho me. Libre moved from S down to A plus. Oh my Holy god! Shit. That's right. My bias is not one out. Parasite. Very big move from Parasite. This one moved from B plus up to A plus. I was being a bit of a hater last time <laughs> I. Uh, re-ranked it to be honest i don't remember what was your reason for not liking that movie after you ranked it so high literally i think all it was was i got in an argument with someone that very weak about parasite and they fucking annoyed me enough that i just took it out on the movie for no reason (laughs) but tanner Um, your uh your arguments held water dude it caused jackson to second guess his own rank and move it down that had nothing to do with anything i just I think it was a really good movie, but I just didn't think it was, like, that good. Well, here's a... So, you know, my whole argument was, like, oh, people say that the theme is, like, oh, capitalism bad or whatever, and, uh, if that's the theme, it does not communicate that well. It that well. But I don't think that's the theme, so I kind of have just come around on that entirely. Alright, guys, now we need to convince Tanner that the theme is capitalism bad, so he's forced (laughs) to move the film down again. Uh, Stand By Me went from uh, S- minus to A+. Plus. Um, let's see. Shrek 2 moved from A- minus to A. Good movie. Such a good movie. Such a good movie. Oh, I love that movie. I want to put the mm-hmm. movie in my... Anyway, um, what? what am I at? I'm looking at... Okay. Uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I moved it from B- plus to A-. Minus. Um... And really, it's just because I was looking at what else I had in B+, I was like, well, this is better than this shit. <laughs> um, and uh, having it in the same tier as South Park, I think, is probably appropriate for me. I, I find They're very different forms of humor, but I probably find them uh, both equally entertaining. Um, an American Werewolf in London jumped up from B to A-. Uh, I really like that film, and I'm kind of... Between this and The Fly, I'm kind of realizing... Between this, the fly, and the thing, I'm kind of realizing that practical effects, really well done monster and practical effects, uh, will get me, you know? They just sing to you. Yeah, they just sing. Uh, Maniac moved from A to A-, minus, uh, and Cabin of the Woods moved from A, or moved from B plus to A-? minus. Yes. Uh, Cabin of the Woods is good movie. Uh, Brigsby Bear, <laughs> um... Now that we've seen so many significantly more disturbing uh, child-related uh, events in film, uh, I took out my, uh, you know, what I had counted against this movie earlier. This one jumped from fucking C up to B+. Thank God. Oh. Yeah. Damn. That is one of the biggest, that's the biggest positive move I have, and uh, one of the biggest moves tied with two other movies. A well-deserved <laughs> one, to be perfectly honest. Your ha- your mm-hmm. previous hang-ups were just, uh, quite frankly, rather ridiculous. Agreed. Okay, going forward, it's going to be almost exclusively uh, downward moves. Oh, boy. Pumping, 
Pumping Iron went from A to B for me. There we go. Uh, I still like it, but it, you know, it, it is just a movie about guys, uh, you it, know, It's a documentary, lifting. brother. I don't know if that's a movie. Yeah, but I still like it. One Piece... Island of Baron, what's his fuck? Yeah, uh, that one went from A to B. Why? That's the it's really good b- one. It's kind of boring. What do you mean it's, it's boring? Kinda, it's just kind of whatever, you know. Dude, all of Luffy's fucking uh, crewmates—they get murdered, okay, before his very eyes, and he needs to fucking save them, bro. But he doesn't. I think. I'd be interested to see if actually being acquainted with the world of One Piece would improve this movie for me, but as for now, I, like, it's good, it's not great, and it's especially not special. Massive <laughs> L. Um, Cube moved from A to B. Mm. Huh. Terrifier moved from A- minus to B. There we go. Uh, the Descent, B to B+, plus. I mean B plus to B. Damn. Spiderwick Chronicles, B plus to B. Uh, Wicked City went from A to B. Uh, I think the rape scene started getting to me over time. <laughs> As he thought more and reflected on it, it's I like, don't know. Man. I think there's some worse ones out there. It's my opinion, but true. Well, those are much lower than those ones. So that's also uh, true. Cloverfield went from B plus to B. Godzilla King of the Monsters went from B plus to B. Damn. Those two, those are B movies, you know. Um. <laughs> I love Godzilla. Pandorum went from A- minus to B. I think I was a bit high on that one when I first ranked it. Yeah. And then The Mist went from B- minus to up to B. Oh, wow. I like The Mist. The Mist is cool. Uh, not great. Um, That's fair. Cube 2 <laughs> went from B- plus to B-. Minus. Uh, yeah, and that's it for that tier. Not as um, drastic of a change as I was hoping for. I Am Legend... I went ahead and bumped up from C to C+. Plus. Eh, okay. Uh, I'll take it. C- minus and under, like, pretty much everything in these tiers are movies I like. I'm actively kind of like, this is kind of bad. And I liked, I liked I Am Legend, even though it's not great. Um, Day After Tomorrow went from B- minus to C. This movie is mid as fuck. Aww. Um... Labyrinth went from C plus to C. Fast and the Furious went from C plus to C. We Bought a Zoo went from uh, D plus up to C. Uh, this is a fine movie. I think uh, I think my ranking was a bit off just because I was still, you know, in my head I was like, well, I was expecting a fucking comedy, and that's <laughs> not what it was. And we finally we finally solved what fucking movie me and Nico were mixing this one up with. Apparently, uh, yeah, there's a movie called The Zookeeper yeah. starring Kevin James that yeah. we were thinking of. God. Um, Spaceballs went from C to C minus. This movie gets less funny the more I think about it. <laughs> uh, Dawn of the Dead went from D up to C minus. Uh, and the thing with Dawn of the Dead is that was literally like the week before we started just getting our, you know, bad movie after bad movie after just nightmare after nightmare. Uh, and so I look back on watching that movie fondly because at least I was laughing. (laughs) The birds went from C to C minus. Sophie's Choice went from C to C minus. Uh, that one specifically is just me letting my bias win out. I don't, it's not, no. Uh, the Village went from D to D plus. It's boring and stupid, but it's it doesn't, I don't hate it, I guess. 
Um, I don't hate it for existing, let's say. <laughs> Conversely, Midnight Cowboy went from C to D. Oh, my I, God. I, <laughs> let's go. I, I do not like this movie. Um, <laughs> What's so wrong with it? That's like probably our most recent movie as well. What happened here? I just like... Uh, it's boring. Yeah, it's boring and gay, I guess. I don't know. But you're also boring and gay, Tanner. Why do you hate yourself? <laughs> not even... Jesus, okay, um, Nico. Evolution went from D plus to D. The Cave went from D plus to D. Moonfall went from D minus to D. This is another case where we wa we watched this one right before we started getting these, like, fucking nightmare-inducing movies, and so I kind of appreciate <laughs> it for not scarring me for life. There we go. Uh, the Pirates Who Don't Do Anything, this one went from C to D. This one's boring. <laughs> Uh, not enough God in it, I think. Skinamarink went from C- minus to D. I uh, I think the longer I reflect on this one, the less I'm going to like it. Uh, Digimon the movie went from C- minus to D. What? Jesus. Explain yeah, this one yourself, is Tanner. Why? It's not a movie. What yes, are you talking is. about? What else would it be? It's stinky. What? There's, You're there's stinky. Like, I want a plot, Dylan. I want a through line with characters. Listen, man, it's got everything you could ever ask for. It's got monsters, it's got action, it's got colors, and it's got fast-moving Digimon. Tanner, there's literally uh -huh. everything within this film that you're currently talking about, okay? There is a, a through line going on here, okay? Fucking uh, Anna, Angela Anaconda goes to the movie theater to watch Digimon the movie. Then she sits down, she watches the movie along uh, with us, okay? We're not doing a copypasta No, 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 Tanner, up. no. No, so, stop, we can't, she we can't do a whole the movie, fucking okay, copypasta. She watches the movie, and we get to watch along with her, okay? You see Ty with his little sister, they get an Agumon, it fucking blows up a big bird, okay? Then years pass, and we get another Agumon, with Ty. It's not the same Agumon, but it's a different Agumon. And now they have to fight a monster, a evil Digimon virus who's gonna nuke South Dakota or whatever the fuck so they can save Willis. And then they stop it. Then we get to hang out with Willis and uh, stop another evil Digimon. Okay, there's a very obvious through line going on here, Tanner. What are you talking about? What do you not enjoy yeah, about this what, film? The through line is Digimon? Shut up. Yes, uh, also, Tanner. Also, Tanner. Speaking of which, what is there not to enjoy about this film? This film is fucking crazy, okay? I'll give you one conceding point here. The last third of the movie is not that great, but everything prior to that is fantastic, okay? You have everything you ever need. You have Agumon, okay? You have Agumon. You have Butt Rock in it. You have fucking somebody. Everything you ever need in this movie is here, okay? Well, how is it in fucking D tier? This movie is a riot from start to finish. Uh, it's sloppy and did not make me laugh very much. Uh, you motherfucker! Fritz the Cat went from D plus to D. Um, I feel like if I ever rewatch that one, it'd end up in F tier because <laughs> uh, the racism is re it's really a thing in that movie. It sure is. Um, irreversible. No. Went from F plus to D minus. No. I, Why? It has a plot, and that's really. That's See, about all the reason I can give for here's it. Here's my issue with irreversible. I don't. I think it was when we were the doing rape. the movie review. Yeah, besides that, yes, that is the biggest, you know, offender here. When Jackson explained the movie, he did it forwards. I think hearing it forwards was way more entertaining than trying to piece it together backwards. I still just, like, I, I'm i not going to get into my rant. If you guys want to hear... You know what, you're right. I hate the French. Nah. Maybe someday uh, the French will make me want to knock it back down. But for now, it's sitting at D-. minus. Uh, Free Willy Escape from Pirate's Cove, D to D-. minus. Free Willy 2... 
I don't know what the fuck drugs I was on when I first ranked this. This one's going from uh, C to D minus. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know why I... I think it's just because we've seen so many more movies where I'm like, oh, okay, this is actually mid. Free Willy 2 is just bad. <laughs> uh, We're Back went from C to D... or C minus to D minus. Uh, Free Willy 2 was the other one that made the biggest move, by the way. Mm. We're Back moved three slots. Um, <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre went from D plus to D minus. This movie's really stinky. <laughs> um, I don't foresee it ever moving from here, but like... Good lord, that movie is just a nothing burger. Yeah. And guys, the final one. Uh, we're leaving off on a high note for Nico here, I suppose. Santa Claus Conquers the Martians has oh. gone from uh, a C to a D minus for God. me. Let's fucking go. That is one thing. I'll spoil one of the moves here. That was one big thing that I noticed. Santa Claus, this shitty-ass fucking movie... Is actually an F tier overall now, which I'm really excited about. Mm -hmm. I just realized we haven't even heard Nico's rankings yet. Jesus Christ! I was the one who started. Yeah. yeah Never mind. Have. It's been that long. <laughs> what, what year are we in? I think 1989. All right, guys. Jackson, is it time? Yeah, let's hear the overalls. Okay, so I'm going to start with the the movies that moved up rankings positively. All of these movies. I guess I'll also just, like, so I'm going to speedrun this by saying I'm not going to say what their initial rank is. I'm just going to say what their current rank is. And that all of these movies, unless I say otherwise, have just moved up or down one rank. So these are the positive rankings. They all moved up one. So Happiness is now at a B plus. Irreversible is now at a D minus. Um, out of F tier. And American Werewolf in London <laughs> is at B tier now. We Bought a Zoo okay. is at C plus. I Am Legend is at, I Am Legend is at B. Uh, Dawn of the Dead is at C minus from D tier. And House of Wax <laughs> is at B. And now the rest that of was our not very many films that moved up at all. And, and I mean, now Nico, this... to be fair, we didn't like collectively we didn't move very many films up. We all had more negatives. Oh, I'm aware, dude. Yeah, yeah so don't Possibly, be surprised. I agree with I agree with all of those moves. I think I agree with all of those except irreversible. Anyway, continue, Jackson. All right, so the rest of these movies are the negative rankings, and this is going to be like Tanner's list length, basically. Okay, so starting us off, we've got The Descent is now at B+, uh, The Day After Tomorrow is now at C, Midnight Cowboy is now at C+, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre is now at D-, The Maze Runner is at B+, Cube 2 Upper Cube is at D+, Osmosis Jones is at B, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is now at C minus, Pandorum is now at B minus, Open, <laughs> Open, what? One Piece, Baron Omatsuri and the Secret Islands are now at B plus, Wicked City is at C minus, Spaceballs is at C, We're Back at Dinosaur History is now at D plus, The Others is at A minus, The Pirates Who Don't Do Anything About Details movie is now at C minus, Wet Hot American Summer is now at B, Evangelion 3.0 You Cannot Redo is now at B plus, Each of the Movie is now at B minus, The Patriot is now at A minus, Stand By Me is now at B plus, The Mist is now at B, Bridge Bear is now at A minus, uh, Marley Moms is at C plus, Free Willy to The Adventure Home is now at C minus, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians is now at C plus, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story is now at A minus, South Park, Bigger, Longer, Okay, is now at A minus, The Cave is now at D plus, Cube is now at C, Bridge of Derbithia is now at C plus, Prince of Egypt now at S minus, Pumping Iron is now at D plus, The Labyrinth is now at T plus, Planet of the Apes is now at A minus, Godzilla King of the Monsters is now at B, and uh, Garakoa, Restore of the World is now at D from C minus, that's two ranks change. Oh uh, downward. Whoa. Uh, Nacho Libre went from A minus to B, which is also two ranks downward. And our big coup de gras, finishing us off strong here, uh, we have Terrifier, which dropped three ranks from B minus to C minus. 
Uh, Dylan carrying that one on his fucking back. Jesus. Uh, also, I, also, I put that I put Brace Beaver on the wrong category. Brace Beaver actually was a positive increase. Uh, I went from oh. B plus to A minus. I I put that in the wrong one. That was there a clerical error. I will also uh, say, by the way, Jackson, uh, you said that Santa Claus Conquers the Martian was C plus. Uh, it's F D plus. minus F plus. Yeah. Whoops. I was I was talking really fast. You know how it is. Oh, Anyways, right. so irreversible and Santa Claus Conquers the Martian swap places yeah. basically. All right, and uh, yeah, so our average cast ranks, this really didn't change much at all. None of our averages changed, except for Dylan, who went from B plus to B after the re-ranking, so he went slightly down. Fair enough. Um, and our score differences, so like if you rated a movie um, two ranks higher than you currently did, then that'd be a plus two. If you dropped a movie three ranks, it'd be minus three um, for a, you know, a net of negative one. I did that for all of our ranks, um, all of our movies. Nico and I both had uh, minus 11 as our net rank difference. <laughs> um, Tanner had minus 30, um, and Dylan had minus 67. Jesus. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. Uh, we, uh, Justifiably so. Yeah, so we averaged, uh, or we didn't, yeah, our average was, you know, minus 29.75 score. And our total score drop was 119. So, yeah, Good the movies Lord. in general dropped 119 scores. <laughs> 50% of that, boys. How is it that you and Nico constantly share similarities when it comes to Guavish at the movies? This is truly insane. Jack and I, I share know. a brain cell. That's a little known fact. Damn. Mm-hmm. Unfortunate. True. And they have to swap it by spitting in each other's mouths. It's fucking disgusting, Tanner. Why would you say that? And there we go, guys. That's it. I don't have any more data to show, so that's it, boys. Are you able? Are you able to quickly uh, look up who the uh, checkmark leaders are now? Um, not quickly. Okay. Damn. Well. Well, speaking of movies, <laughs> is it finally time, guys? Fucking two hours into this recording session, is it time for us to finally kick off another long week of Guapish at the movies? Since we have four movies ranked this week, Guapish at the Five. movies. Guapish at the movies! Guapish at the movies! <laughs> 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 I, no, this, I have five movies. Da, 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 so. Could this da, da, potentially da, 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 be our longest episode ever? Potentially. Uh, it, we might do it. I, See, I told you guys we shouldn't have done the music this week. You guys, oh, whatever. I mean, it's fine. We can have a long episode every now and then. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, it's fine. We have to surpass Pan's Labyrinth and watch a longer, whatever long <laughs> Anyway, Jackson, what did we watch this week? We watched some fantastic movies. Of course, the first one we're going to be talking about was our Patreon request this week. Thank you, Lovskin, for requesting Perfect Blue, a 1997 uh, psychological thriller film. I can um, I go guess ahead I'll... and talk about Perfect Blue. Why would you talk about it? Oh, wait, yeah, no, I picked a movie last week. Never yeah. mind, you talk about it. <laughs> I feel like there's a pretty decent reason as to why I'll talk about it. So, Perfect Blue, guys, Perfect Blue. Let me uh, just real quick pull up the names of the characters here real quick because I don't remember them. I'm really bad with names. So, Perfect Blue is a film all about Mima, okay? Mima, she's a pop star, right? She's an idol, but... She doesn't want to really be an idol anymore, or at least her producer doesn't want her to be, so she's going to become an actress. And so, over the course of the film, we see as Mima is slowly getting a uh, not-so-great things happening to her via a stalker who she has. Who's slowly causing her to kind of question her place in the world, as well as just, like, what the fuck is even happening to her at this point? As it goes, it's a psychological thriller, and because of that, uh, things get a little fucking wacky pretty quickly throughout this movie. 
in which we can't really tell what the fuck is happening a lot of the time, okay? And over the course of the movie, us along with Mima are kind of just like questioning what the, is actually going on in her life at this point. We see her get like raped on set and stuff like that, you know, just the casual things that happen on a film set, as well as uh, a bunch of murders going on around her, affecting the people in her life. And uh, we don't know if it's Mima who's doing it, or if it's some other crazy dude, like her stalker, for example. But as we come to find out, one of her producers, uh, fucking Rumi or whatever the fuck her name is, is actually the murderer here, and she wants to take over Mima's life. And uh, over the course of the film, beyond that, we just see her to get chased down. She fucking uh, gets uh, slammed through a fucking truck or whatever. And then uh, Rui, Rumi ends up in a hospital, and Mima leaves. That's about it. That's the movie. This is a really fucking difficult film to actually try and break down a proper synopsis for. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I was walking out of this movie with. Where I was like, I really hope going into this conversation with you guys that this movie is left super in the air for interpretation because uh, I had a couple ideas of how this whole thing worked like yeah at first I did think it was a stalker going around killing all these people because he's like oh well maybe if I start killing all like this photographer and like the producers and the screenwriter maybe she'll go back to being a pop star but then it was just like it started turning into like they started paralleling the show in the movie to the actual movie itself where they're like Oh, well, illusions can't kill people, but wait, if the illusion, like, just, I don't know what they, like, they projected illusion onto somebody else or whatever, then that person does whatever the illusion wants or whatever. I don't know if Rumi, from my perspective, was the murderer the entire time, but given the fact that we saw her as Mima at the end, and, because I was pretty sure the guy, the photographer guy, who got murdered... Uh, ordering that pizza, I, I was so sure that it was Mima getting like doing the deed. But obviously, you know, like I had said, Rumi thinking she was Mima. Maybe that was part of the psychological horror. Uh, I mean, I absolutely believe that that was Rumi who ended up doing it. The film likes to play with you an awful lot, much like how it does to our main character here, Mima herself, where yeah. we don't even know what the fuck is happening. Okay. Uh, but I do think that it's pretty clear at the end of the day that it was Rumi who ended up doing that shit. I think that for the most part, she was the person who murdered everyone, except for yeah. like, uh, so at like the very beginning of the film, we have like those guys fucking throwing cans or whatever at Mima mm -hmm. throughout it. And uh, we later see like in the elevator, there's like a poster where it's like, oh, one of those guys is fucking dead now. I'm pretty sure that the stalker guy murdered that guy, but the rest of the murders were all fucking Rumi. Yeah, well, what do you think about the last murder, I guess, like, the producer and the stalker? Do you think that was also Rumi? Yes. Okay. Yeah, um, she was tying yeah. up loose ends, as you said. Exactly. I figured. I, I, I think one of the biggest appreciations about this movie is how ambiguous it is, and the fact that, along, like you had been explaining in the synopsis of the movie, how alongside confusion we were with Mima, like, we don't know what's going on, we don't know what's real, is she waking up, is this a dream, did this actually happen, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, one other thing I'd like to draw attention to about this movie is, for it being a 1998 movie, I, I was shocked by the amount of animation detail they put into the actual performances of, like, them moving on stage. I thought that was way too... I don't know if way too fluid is a way to say it, but I, I thought that the when they were on stage, it was very well animated. I don't know if I am the only one that stands on that. I mean, yeah, but just think, this film in general, I think, has pretty solid animation. Yeah. Mm. I think it stands the test of time pretty well. Especially, it really has that, like, old 90s anime vibe to it where they have the, mm -hmm. uh, I don't, there's, like, a technique that's, like, the name of it. It's, like, a light box or something where they literally put, like, cutouts of shit on, like, a light box and then film it. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's how they were doing this movie. Could be wrong. I don't know. But it has that aesthetic, and I think it's cool. Yeah, I love that fucking 90s anime aesthetic. 
Now, for me, this is the second time I've seen this film, and I definitely think that this film benefits a shitload from a second watch, <laughs> because the first time I watched through it, I'll set the scene here for you, okay? I'll set the scene a little bit. So, I had recently watched an episode of Trash Taste, okay? And they were talking about how great the works of Satoshi Kon are. That was, that was the director for this film here. And they had uh, particularly mentioned Perfect Blue, how Perfect Blue is an amazing film. You gotta go watch it if you're an anime enjoyer. And so I was like, oh... I'll keep that one in mind. And then, a few weeks later, I end up having a girl come over, okay? And she was talking about how way into anime she is. And I thought, oh, you're into anime, you say? Well, I know of a great film that we can uh, check out. <laughs> Thinking that I could, like, flex my uh, great taste of anime onto her. Let me watch uh -oh. Perfect Blue. And, oh boy, was that a fucking mistake. <laughs> I can imagine. The rape scenes were absurdly awkward in this movie. <laughs> Did you, like, tell her, like, okay, I'm so fucking sorry, I had no idea. I said nothing. I you said nothing? I think saying nothing was probably the wrong was choice. Was she cool with it in the end? Yeah, she, uh, at the end of the day, she was like, yeah, it was a good movie. Mm. So at least we had that. But going back and watching it a second time, I definitely feel as though I was able to follow along with the plot a substantially better amount here. Like, that makes sense. There was basically nothing about this that really, like, confused me. I was able to, you know, piece together, oh, okay, like, this is, uh, this is fucking Mima doing this shit, this is Rumi doing this other shit to fuck with her and all that stuff, you know? Like, I, it made a lot more sense to me overall this time. However, I will say, actually, the first time I watched this movie, it was in the English dub, okay? This time I watched it subbed, which I think, you know, the sub, they did a really solid job on it. However... I do think that there is one part where the sub kind of falters a little bit. And it's at the very, very end of the film. It's literally the last line. When she says, uh, when she, uh, you know, Mima looks in the mirror and she's like, uh, yeah, I'm the real deal or whatever the fuck she says there. Mm -hmm. That's actually Rumi who's saying that. That's not Mima's voice, which I think is really difficult to tell in the original Japanese. Whereas, like, you know, just because we don't fucking speak the language, okay? Whereas in the English, it's much uh, easier to see it. Like, oh, what does that mean? Oh, I hate that ending. I prefer it this way. <laughs> okay. I didn't. I didn't think of it that. I didn't hear Rumi's voice. To be completely honest, I. I did think it was a little suspicious when she looked in the mirror and said that. I was like, hmm, that doesn't seem quite right. Um, yeah, I did not catch that. Unfortunately, good to know. I guess. I'm gonna pretend that's not the case because that's a bad ending and that would actually make me significantly downgrade my rank. Yeah, that also makes less sense than the ending I'm imagining. Well, yeah, so. of course. What does that mean? What What does it mean by her saying that? Who knows? Exactly. That's stupid. It's the end of the movie. Give us closure to the story, you stupid fuck. <laughs> you want closure for a movie like this? Not a fucking chance, Buster. You got anyway, anything I'm, in yeah, I'm in the same boat as Nika. This is the second time I watched this movie, too. I also watched this with the girl for the first time, not knowing what the fuck it was. Um, we, we both did not pull the straw very well, unfortunately, with this movie. Both were very awkward experiences. She was also chill with it, though. She also thought it was good, I guess. But, uh, yeah, no, this movie's sick. I think the animation's really good. The story is definitely much easier to follow along with um, the second viewing. The first viewing, I was definitely confused as shit. Um, I think the pacing is pretty solid. I think it really mm -hmm. does a good job ramping up tension as she just, like, keeps going, like, crazier and crazier um, with the confusion of what, all that's happening. And I think the ending uh, is really well done as well. I just really like this movie. I think it's really solid. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of it. to say. Yeah, I mean, just like, you know, the general themes and shit like that, where it's like, you know, dealing with, like, a fucking 
uh, not knowing like what version of you is like real, you know, whether or not it's like this version that you're presenting to people and shit like that, where it's like, I mean, this is the one that they're constantly seeing and shit like that. This is the one that they believe is real. So is that the real version of me or is it like this other one that I have built up in my head? Who am I? Who am I? <laughs> you got anything in particular to say, Tanner? I thought it was a pretty solid psychological thriller. <laughs> I will say one minor gripe. I did not like the way Rumi was animated. She gave me shark, uh, hammerhead shark vibes. I mean, yeah, I feel like that's a big thing with this movie is that, like, a lot of the characters are not very attractive looking whatsoever. Like, outside of, like, the ones who, you know, like, fucking these TV people and, like, these idols and shit like that. Outside of them who, you know, they're supposed to be attractive. The rest of the characters are pretty ugly or, like, you know, kind of normal looking generally. Which I think, you yeah. know, just, like, adds a lot more to it. Because, like, oh, yeah, of course, like, these are the people who are being, like, admired and shit like that. Look at how beautiful they are. Also, uh, let me lay down some law here, some lore maybe about this movie. Obviously, this is all, you know, still hypothetical. Um, but in the, you know, the Japanese idol industry, you kind of just have to be hot if you want to be an mm-hmm. idol. And I think it's pretty safe to assume that Rumi probably wanted to be an idol at some point, figuring she's trying to, like, steal the identity of an idol. Um, yeah, I no. think that they actually do have, like, a... Pretty, Shut like, the fuck up, Nico! Hey, no, I'm Jack, talking! I explain upon what you said a little bit more. They do have, like, a little throwaway <laughs> line at one point. Where uh, the male producer, he says something along the lines of, like, uh, uh, being an idol sure is tough. You know that better than anyone, don't you? And she's like, uh, don't remind me. It's something along those lines that definitely heavily hints towards her previously trying to be an idol and just, like, not succeeding. Yeah, so basically, you could take that information and assume that what's happening with Ruby is just, she wanted to be an idol at some point. Obviously, she couldn't do it because she doesn't have the looks. And then she meets Mima, who is basically, like, the perfect embodiment of what she wants to be. You know, she's attractive, she's funny. Um, she's good at acting, you know, dancing, all this stuff. She's basically like the perfect being in Rumi's eyes, and she has very close contact with her. And because of, you know, her own insecurities and because of having this, like, shiny example of who she wants to be, um, that is like a, you know, you could assume is a big reason as to why she went under this, like, psychosis and started having these, you know, delusions of thinking that she is this person and why she wanted to, you know replace Mima after she realized that Mima isn't the person that she thought she was initially, you know, when she started doing the more, like, adult stuff and stopped being an idol. Because, like, who she thought was Mima is no longer who she thinks she is, right? And she thinks she's, like, the true Mima. Uh, so, yeah, I think this movie does a really good job exploring its themes and all that stuff. Big fan. Yeah, and I'd say that, like, generally, like, the confusing parts as well, like, you can pretty easily like, figure out, okay, what is actually happening in all these situations generally. Except for one I found where I still don't totally know what I'm supposed to take away from it. So, during I believe it's like the fucking nude photo shoot is going on, okay? There's uh, this like other footage just being interspliced with it where it's like the uh, two girls from Champ or whatever like dancing and singing on stage. But then like during that performance we see fucking like, you know, the visage of Mima show up as well, like still in her idol outfit or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And... Like, you know, there is, like, an actual reaction that, like, the other chant members and, like, the audience and shit have when, like, that shows up. As well as, like, you know, the fucking stalker dude who's, like, recording. He, like, gives a big smile when that happens. What is happening there exactly? Is that fucking Rumi showing up on stage or something? I don't understand that part exactly. I... And later on in the movie, you also see whatever, like, the visage of, like, I don't know what the fuck to call her, Neo-Rumi. Uh, in the room with the stalker guy, you know, in her little shtick. So maybe he's, like, also kind of, like, part of it. You know, he sees her as, like, the new Rumi as well because she was, like, the one writing those articles. He sees the person writing the articles as, 
Mima. So he sees mm. Rumi as like the new Neo Mima or something. I don't fucking know. Maybe it was Mima literally hopping on, or not Mima, Rumi hopping on. I'm getting their names confused. Uh, <laughs> and dancing. Everybody's like, what the fuck is going on? Sokka's like, hell yeah, that's her. <laughs> that's my girl. I don't know. Pretty silly. I, uh, I personally interpreted that scene as the delusions of a stalker. It's his preferred reality in that moment. And him, like the crowd reacting is his visual projection on the, on the scenario. That, that's how I interpreted it. But, like, they're not also excited about it. They're they're just kind of like, oh, what's happening right now? I don't know, man. Delusions of a stalker. Fair enough. I really like this movie. I'm going to give it an A. There we go. I like this movie, too, but we talked about it too long. F minus. No. Um, A minus. Ooh. Uh, I gave it an A plus. Tanner, uh, hi. Anyways, Dylan, what are you thinking? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm with Tanner on this one. I also gave this movie an A minus. Crazy. Whoa, and that puts it at A. Whoa. Well deserved. Yeah, pretty movie. Good movie. solid movie overall. Unlike the next movie, which was Dylan's pick, uh, The Polar <laughs> Express. Dylan, please explain the plot of The Polar Express to us. This is a biased... Uh, anyway. So, The Polar Express is about a, a bunch of kids that get on this magical train headed for the North Pole. And, you know, they they get they have their adventures, some hijinks that ensue on the way there. They finally show up at the North Pole... And, uh, you know, the, the, the three main characters, the, the girl, the boy, and Billy, because he's apparently the only, like, kid who has a name in this movie, apparently. Um, they, they, they kind of get lost in, like, Santa's factory and whatnot. Uh, and they end up falling in his bag. They see all these cool elf and Santa things going on. They're like, oh my god, it's Santa! Look, at Santa! Oh my gosh, don't you hear the bells? Didn't you hear the bells? And none of us hear the bells. And then the kid r- rings the bell at the very end, and then he finally believes. He believes before he rings the bell, but regardless. Uh, and then Santa's like, you're the one who gets the first present of Christmas. And he's like, I want the bell. And, and he's like, oh, he wants the bell. And he puts the bell in his pocket, and he loses it. And then to this day, even as a grown man, when all of his friends have forgotten the sound of the bell, he still hears it. The end. Whoa. Alright, so Dylan, how do you feel about the fucking character design in this movie, okay? Does it hit you with the Uncanny Valley at all? Are you put off by their designs at all? No. Okay. That's one thing I was really shocked about, honestly. None of us really were, like, off-put by the characters, which is, like, a big criticism most people have with this film. Yeah, I, I think they were animated well, and I think that it's serviceable for the year it came out. I think that all checked out, at least on my box. I... The joke I made last week when I picked this movie is I remember you saying something about the animation and why you disliked this movie, which is why I picked it, to be completely honest. So when you're like, when you didn't say anything harsh about it when I picked it, I was surprised to say the least. You were very um, sad. But, uh, yeah, no, I I thought the animation in this movie was really well done. I thought, you know, like, I liked the magic of the movie. I liked the childhood imagination to the movie. And, uh... Yeah, it was not... This was one of the movies that stood the test of time, at least for me. So, I what are you guys' thoughts? I liked it when we first watched it, but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, man, yeah, this movie just didn't really sit as well with me <laughs> as I was initially thinking it did. Like, I don't know, a, a lot of the fucking shit that just kind of happens throughout this movie doesn't really make any sense whatsoever. Why did they drive the train onto a fucking frozen lake? 
why did the fucking Tom Hanks guy pull the little girl up on top of the train if he was taking her to the front of the train? Doesn't make any fucking sense at all, you know? It just, a lot of this doesn't really follow through super great in my mind, unfortunately. And, like, fucking... Did he actually, did he actually go on top of the train with her, though? Yeah, Yeah. we saw, like, uh, uh, you know, where else would he go? He took her back... Wasn't that the homeless guys, though? Yeah, the homeless guy's shadow. It was a bait and switch. I mean, like, he took her back there, and then, like, up at the, he saw, like, uh, up on the top, like, a dude carrying, uh, like, holding the hand of a little girl or something. That's definitely what we're led to believe. Well, well, I, like, what I else definitely think is what happened. Because when he got Maybe. to the top, when he got to the top Maybe. of the train, if you like watch, there's the lamp that he's holding. There's a bigger shadow figure, and then there's like the smaller shadow figure right next to him. So that could have been the homeless guy carrying his stool behind him. Um, <laughs> Christmas magic, you know? Yeah. yeah. And also, just like the general themes of this movie don't really make a lot of sense to me because. It's uh, going off these ideas like faith and shit like that, of like, you need to believe or whatever the fuck. But like, you know, a large part of belief is like not being able to see the shit that you're trying to believe in, which kind of goes against him actually fucking seeing Santa Claus in the movie, (laughs) which I don't think makes a lot of sense. And also just generally, something that's always confused me about these sorts of Christmas movies is when like the adults and shit don't believe in Santa Claus, when it's very obvious that he does exist. Where are these presents coming from otherwise? <laughs> yeah, I think you're nitpicking it uh, a bit there with that one specifically. Um, That's like the main crux of the film. It's what the movie is about, Tanner. <laughs> you know, all I'm looking for uh, when I'm going into this movie is does it have Christmas vibes? And uh, this movie has Christmas vibes out the fucking wazoo. <laughs> it sure does. And, um, S plus. Here's something, here's something that's important with Christmas vibes that old people trying to make these kinds of movies should uh, keep in mind going forth. Um, it should not be a, it should not be only happy and cheery. Uh, a good Christmas movie will always have something that's creepy, sad, or uh, scary. It should always have that. Elf has, uh, you know, the park rangers, that's scary. Uh, you know, this, uh, the fucking, um... Nightmare Before uh, Elm Street. What the fuck is (laughs) Nightmare Nightmare Before Before Christmas? Christmas. Uh, You know, obviously that one has lots of creepy vibes as well, but still very Christmassy. Home Alone has the fact that he's fucking abandoned. He goes to that church and it's sad. This this is a very key component of Christmassy vibes, where in addition to all, you know, peace on earth, goodwill towards men, you need that little kernel where it's like, oh, this is like, also kind of a somber, reflective time of year. Uh, but yeah, I I, uh, I like this one more than I thought it, I would. I thought this movie was kind of mid. I think it was fun more when they're on the train and then it got really boring and kind of dumb when they actually like landed in the North Pole. Um, Which takes totally, up like half the movie. Yeah, literally, I, we got to the North Pole part, and I was joking about like how we're like probably only halfway, and then we actually we were actually only like halfway, and I'm like, holy fuck, this sucks. Uh, and I'm totally with Nico on the themes of this movie. I'm probably not as harsh as he is about it in terms of my ranking, but uh, yeah, this movie was like pretty painfully average and kind of okay for me with some highlights. Well, fantastic, Dylan. Where do you rank in this movie? You guys are breaking my heart here. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I love this movie. This movie holds a very special place in my heart. I didn't find any fault in this movie. I thought it was pretty good. I gave Polar Express an S-. minus. Absurd. Jackson, what are you ranking it? C+. plus. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to C myself. Tanner, how about you? 
I'm going to give this one a B plus. Mm. And that puts it at a solid B. Sounds about right. B Moving for on. Bowler Express. Moving <laughs> on to another B-tier movie. We have Avengers Endgame, which was, in fact, my pick. Um, guys. Crazy pick. This movie, yeah, it really didn't... It, I basically had the exact same complaints going into this as I did originally. So, yeah, this is the Avengers Endgame. This is the final movie of this, like, arc, I guess. I don't really know how comics work. Universe. I mean, no, there's plenty of... Marvel movies after this, right? Or I don't know. I don't know how the fucking Avengers eh. works. I might I might be retarded with how this works. Okay, but yeah, this is like taking place directly after the events of Infinity War. You know, Thanos snapped half of everyone out of existence. So we have the remainder people of the Avengers. They're trying to, you know, work towards getting time machine working so they can get people back. Um, they figure that out. Fucking Tony Stark and Ant-Man comes out of nowhere and they figure out how to fucking time travel because they're geniuses or something. Uh, so they do that. They go back in time and they grab the Infinity Stones from past times, I guess. Um, and then they use those and then make like a makeshift gauntlet so that they can snap people back into existence. Uh, they do that. The Hulk does it. He snaps everyone back into existence. Uh, but of course, while they're grabbing one of the Infinity Stones, uh, Thanos from one of those pastimes gets word of what's happening and gets a way to, you know, teleport himself back because he gets the fucking robot chick. Uh, to do it with their time machine thing. Uh, so Thanos comes back. There's a big old fucking fight. There's a big war happening between Thanos' troops and the Avengers and their troops and shit. You know, Wakanda forever and all that shit. Women power. Uh, Thanos, of course, gets owned. Uh, he gets fucking murked. Tony Stark also gets fucking murked. Uh, and then they have a big, sad funeral for Tony Stark. Rest in peace. Fuck you, Scarlett Johansson. Your character sucks. You don't get a funeral. <laughs> Anyways, that's Endgame. Uh, this movie is kind of mid for me still. I'm going to be honest. The time travel shit is probably my biggest flaw with it because it's stupid and they don't follow their own rules and it's really dumb to even try doing time travel shit if you're not going to be consistent with it at least. Okay, listen um, buddy, you motherfucker here. <laughs> what do you mean so, they don't follow I the rules? I think that this is going to be one of the very few instances in which Jackson and I like, you know, really have a big discrepancy between like our feelings towards a film. Yeah, I like this movie a decent bit. The time travel, personally, for me, I feel like this film does time travel significantly better than most films incorporate time travel. They tell you right off the bat, hey, don't fucking worry about it too much, okay? Just sit back, enjoy the ride here, pal. And, like, even in terms of, like, you know, their rules that they set up and establish here, I don't really think that they, outside of the fucking, like... Bullshit to do with like Steve at the very end. I don't really think they contradict it. Like really, the problem all. with them doing the thing with uh, fucking Captain America at the very end is that it, it because of that contradiction, it begs the question of why they didn't do certain things the entire rest of the fucking movie. Don't he, worry about it, Jackson. He, don't worry. I about am it. though. It's a major plot hole. How am I supposed <laughs> to ignore so? it? How is it a major plot hole, Jackson? What would they have done differently if not for okay. that? Okay, okay, Nico. Let me yeah. break down how they do uh -huh. things differently. So. As we, they were told, or specifically they said, you know, people are bringing, bringing up different examples of media in the movie that have different ways of doing time travel. And most of them, you know, specifically fucking Black Iron Man, I don't know what his name is. Uh, he brought up the idea of just killing baby Thanos. And we were told that could not work because, right, when you go back in time, you're not actually going back to like your current universe's time. You're going back to like a different point in time, like a different universe entirely, which is like the whole point of them grabbing the Infinity Stones from these places because it's not going to affect their current time. It's just going to affect like the, the time stream of this previous dimension. But we see Captain America go back in fucking time and stay there. And guess what? He's still there, meaning his 
his action of going back in time affected their current dimension, which is a major contradiction to how the time traveling works in this universe. So if it does work, right, if he can go back in time and affect the current dimension, why couldn't they just go back and kill fucking baby Thanos and have this not ever have happened in the first place? It makes no sense. Consider this for a second, Jackson. Um... Don't worry about it, dude, okay? I really see this movie as less of a film, generally, and more of just an experience overall. Something, a big fucking blowout to finally just, like, celebrate this major accomplishment that was the entire just, like, sort of arc that they had here. The whole Infinity Stones arc that they had going on, okay? Like, the fucking bullshit that you're talking about here. Bullshit. Okay, look, look here for a second, okay, Jackson? What's more important here? This, like, stupid little continuity thing that you've built up in your head here, okay? Or just the nice, sweet ending that Steve Rogers, this man who is lost to time, finally gets to experience, okay? After all of the hardship he's experienced throughout these films, okay? Just, like, fucking not being able to, like, just, like, have a normal-ass life, okay? Constantly needing to worry about all this other bullshit. He can finally just, like, go back in time and dance with his girl, Jackson. Which of those is more important to you? The continuity thing. Kill yourself. I think the I think the heart to heart at this point, Nico, is kind of fruitless because Jackson, as we had discussed now before explaining the movie and when he picked the movie, has never seen any of the uh, the other Marvel movies. So you trying to explain that to him as jokingly as that may or may not have been for you, uh, really does nothing to him. Because eh, I'm just gonna divert away from that. My my big thing and one of my big things has always been I try not to overanalyze movies unless there's like actually a huge problem with it cuz that just ruins the overall experience of the movie which is kind of what's happening here. I I kind of did exactly what Nico did. I I, I briefly generally understood the quote-unquote rules they set out in this movie and I'm not going to, you know, worry about it too awfully much cuz you know, it's like Nico said, this is just a big culmination to the end of an entire world slash universe that they were building to this point. And it's the end anyway, so it's not like it really matters. I don't think disrupting what they'd said is that big of a deal, at least to why me. Would, I, why would it not matter if it's the end? If anything, it should matter the most if it's the end, because they want to go with, like, a bang, you know? You want to have, like, a really good film, and obviously you guys do think it's a really good film. But if there's, like, such major... <sighs> You know, continuity errors, massive fucking plot holes, and just literally the whole structure of how they're doing the ending. You know, them going back in time and resetting it all by doing time travel. If that doesn't make any fucking sense, then why would you not want that to be I better? mean, look, Jackson, just in general, time travel is always going to have, like, these weird fuck-ups in uh, literally any story that you could tell with it, okay? Which is it's, why I think they shouldn't have done it! I think <laughs> they could have done something different than fucking time travel! You're just saying that they shouldn't use time travel ever in anything, then. <laughs> because every I story that involves be... time travel is going to have this sort of contrivance in it somewhere. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a bad take. I don't think people should really do time travel unless they really think it out thoroughly and think about these things. Clearly, they well, didn't really think about these things. Or I, they, they probably did, but they just didn't fucking care because I knew the audience was going to go, Oh my gosh, that's so sad and so cute! Anyways, I'm going to stop here. talking for the rest of this, I think. <laughs> that's the big issue here is the, the, the part that... Because when you get to movies, try to break down their time travel. It's like we all kind of already discovered... It's never consistent with anything, even inside their own movies. And I think when you try to explain a man-made concept, there's not really a solid definition to how it works or what it is. Uh, in like the general view of time travel, it shouldn't exist, period, is how that works. Um, and also, this is just a concept explained at the end of the movie. So it's not like it's something that's been, you know, 
delved into. They kind of oh, just needed... from time travel a little bit here. We've, uh, we've been going yeah, over it for too long. I don't even point. know what the fuck he was trying to say there. <laughs> that was a whole lot of circular talking. Um, yeah, you know, this movie definitely falls off hard if you haven't seen, you know, all the other movies that came before it, like, relatively recently to seeing it. Uh, I don't think it's bad, though. I think it's still pretty entertaining. I really liked it still. Mm -hmm. uh, it's goofy. The first half is way too slow. Um, but as I admitted to you guys when we were watching the movie, God damn it, when Captain America, you know, pulls his shield tight and he says Avengers assemble I still got goosebumps dude so. there's so Hell many yeah. great little moments like that you know all these uh, fantastic little payoffs that have been built up throughout this entire fucking series you know like the fucking mm -hmm. big old suicide fight between a uh, fucking <laughs> Scarlett Johansson and a uh, Hawkeye okay that shit was fucking sweet okay like uh, you just have these two people they're just like you know they're, they're just so close they're not romantic though don't fucking read into that at all, you fucking sickos, okay? They're just, they're just real good friends. And you see them fucking battling it out because they don't want the other person to die. And then they had fucking uh, Scarlet Johansson, she just fucking throws herself off the cliff and she dies for this dude so he can go back and finally see his family. Speaking of which, just the cold open we have to this film where we just watch as his entire family disappears and he's not even able to see any of it happen. Like, that shit's fucking nuts, okay? It's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. I will say one side note that probably doesn't matter to you guys at all. They uh they heavily nerfed a lot of the uh a lot of the characters in this. Um, it's kind of disappointing, oh, yeah. but it makes it makes sense for plot's sake, unfortunately, because uh, there there are for sure a ton of characters in that final fight scene that can easily. I mean, we see it in uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. The, the Scarlet Witch can easily just kind of do her own Thanos snap and fuck everything up, so... I mean, this is, like, pre-WandaVision cool, Scarlet Witch and shit, where she really started to figure out just, like, to what extent her powers, like, really were like, you know? So I can kind of forgive it a little bit there. Yeah, Doctor I mean, Strange, of... I still fucking hate his powers as well, though, because they're so ill-defined. It's like, okay, so, like, he's preoccupied with, like, uh, stopping all this water from just, like, drowning literally everybody right now. But also, why can't he just, like, make a wall or something? Is, isn't that something he should probably be able to do? We, who knows? He can literally do anything is the issue. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's not a big deal. A lot of these characters are severely nerfed. I think the only person who wasn't nerfed was probably Captain Marvel, and I think it's because, as it's apparent, her story continuity is still continuing to this day with the release of her, their movie like a week or two ago so we got that i did like that she was barely in this movie at the very least though she's probably one of my favorites but why alas why? i don't know i think she's got cool power i like laser space magic some kind of cosmic power bullshit what, I think about, it's cool. what about like her actual character though she doesn't have very much character <laughs> i like dr strange though dr strange and iron man are pretty cool spider-man's pretty up there too there we go and thor we did it. Is that all done? anyone has to say about this movie? Yeah, that was all the, my The thoughts. big climax, that's all you have? That's all you have in you? Oh, I, I mean, I could talk all day, but... We, I think we should rank this movie before we let it tear us apart anymore. <laughs> this movie does have, have its flaws, albeit. However, like, you know, it's still a solid film overall, I would say. It's a fantastic ending to this entire saga. I'm gonna give it an A-. minus. Ooh. I gave it an A. Whoa. Jackson. Dylan. Oh. Writing on a low note. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I really do think you would have benefited from watching all the other Marvel movies, but it's too late at this point. Uh, I gave this movie an A. 
Uh, you guys might be thinking I'm gonna give this shit like a fucking D or something. No, I think that this movie definitely has lots of things going for it. I think it's pretty well shot overall. I think the uh, their character acting is pretty good. I like a lot of the, the funny moments and like the sad things that were happening. This movie absolutely has massive plot holes, and I think the ending fight scene is really fucking goofy and could have been done totally differently. Um, I think they fumbled a lot of that shit, but I still think it was entertaining throughout most of it, except for the first half, which is boring. Anyways, I give this movie a B minus. Huh. It was originally going to get a B, but then those fucking women had to show up. <laughs> I oh, totally so forgot true. about the woman shot. I thought that was... I laughed when that scene happened. We all I, laughed. Thank God. Uh, anyways, that put it at an A-. minus. So wow. still pretty fucking high, all things considered. Frankly, I didn't really rate it that lowly. It's still... I think it's a slightly above average movie. By the way, oh, do wait, you remember like a little bit of controversy shortly before this film came out that I wanted to talk about here real quick that I just thought was very silly when I initially saw it? So... The fucking one chick, the fucking bald spear lady. People mm. got really up in arms that, like, this, uh, like, the only fucking person of color in this film, her name wasn't on the fucking... <laughs> yeah, whatever. Her name wasn't on the poster, okay, for the movie when the it was, like, chick. initially being shown off, whereas, like, all these other big actors, their names were on there. Even though, you know, she has, like, maybe two lines in the movie and she also is not an important character whatsoever, I'd say. <laughs> and so fucking, uh, Chris, uh... Uh, I was about to say Chris Rudd. Chris Pratt uh, was like, hey, uh, just remove my name from the poster and put hers up there instead. So what a guy. she got her win in the end. That's funny. At what cost? <laughs> Can I explain the next movie? I love it so much. Anyways, let's go on to uh, potentially eh? probably the best movie we watched this week in terms of overall ranking, given <laughs> some people's stances uh, that are in this call currently with us. Some people... Uh, some people. You people. Anyways, we're talking about the brand spanking new movie, Godzilla Minus One. We all watched this in theaters, except not Nico. He watched it in theaters as well, but not with us, because he uh, had to go to sleep because he's a little baby. Mm. I'm just so sleepy. Um, uh, who wants to talk about this one? Tanner? Well, obviously me. I'm the only one who haven't... That's why That's why I suggested you. Who hasn't Tanner, broken down a film? Who hasn't busted oh, it out yet? Damn it. Come on, guys. Keep up. All right. So we join our main character, uh, Shitakamaku. Uh, <laughs> he is a kamikaze pilot. However, he does not want to kill yourself, faggot. And so he lands his plane on this kamikaze repair station. They're like, wow, why didn't you kill yourself, faggot? And he's like, uh, the plane broke it. And they're like, okay, we'll fix it up. And then they see a Godzilla, and he's like, fuck. And they're like, hey, dude, get in your plane and shoot the monster and save all of our lives. And he's like, uh, no thank you. And then they all die, and it's <laughs> totally his fault. Um, also, the rest of the movie is his fault by uh, extrapolation. Um, <laughs> so he gets back to Japan, and he's like, fuck. Oh, God. God damn it. They destroyed this place. What the fuck did they do here? And then the atomic bombs go off and uh, the war is over. And uh, then Godzilla fucking shows up. Uh, and also this guy, he finds a woman and a child and they're now a little family. But they, but he doesn't want to, but he secretly does. Um, and uh, he gets a job uh, fucking disabling mines. And so he's out doing that, and then they see Godzilla, and they're like, holy shit. And he's like, fuck, I've seen this guy before. I know this one. Uh, that, that's my bad, guys. And they're like, oh, God. And then Godzilla, you know, fucking attacks Tokyo, and he, god damn, he fucks the place up. Holy shit. And then, uh... 
Then they're like, we gotta kill Godzilla. And they come up with a really convoluted, stupid plan to kill him. What? And then they execute said plan. And then Godzilla is dead. And then he's not. The end. How is it convoluted and stupid? I was just about to say, Dylan, as a resident scientist here, how do you feel about the plan? Do you feel like it was feasible? Yes. Okay. All right, Tanner, so convoluted and stupid, you come up with something better, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, like, what was, wrong, what was wrong with the plan I, from your perspective? Oh, well, just, I, I just think the whole thing where, like, listen, we'll sink him to the bottom of the ocean and that'll kill him, and then we'll raise him back up and that'll kill him. I'm like, huh? Why would either. No, no, that... so they, they, when they said it, the plan was for them hit, for him to sink so fast that that could kill him. And but if, if that, that doesn't, doesn't kill, kill him, him, then, like, you know, him fucking being raised up, that'll definitely kill him. Yeah. That, that's what I understood. Yeah, I think that's kind of stupid and convoluted. How? They should have just used Hydra rules and just burned him. Hydra what? Hydra rules. You know, when Hercules fights the Hydra? Read a book. I, I um, don't think... They, they proved very quickly that that wasn't going to work on so Godzilla. So, anyways... Um, from a film perspective, if we're looking at the things that make up a film, as in story, cinematography, acting, characters... Uh, this is the best Godzilla movie. And by any Almost other metric, or by, you know, it's also still the best Godzilla movie. <laughs> this, well, this thing is fucking kick-ass, okay? I like, sure, okay, we don't have, like, all the fucking Godzilla fighting a bunch of other monsters or whatever, okay? However, unlike those bullshit-ass Legendary Pictures movies that we've been stuck hey. with for a while now here, we, we don't have all these boring-ass characters, okay? All these shitty-ass humans who are like, oh, man... I sure hope that Godzilla doesn't attack us again. Whereas we actually have good characters this time who are falling around. Where it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I don't actually mind that we're falling around these people instead. And, like, learning more about them. I actually want these people to survive. Whereas I don't give a fuck about these other just basic-ass bitches, okay? I like these ones. And I don't mind at all that they're in this movie and taking up the vast majority of the runtime. I'm hating this so far. I think, listen, I, I'm draw, what I mean is I'm drawing a line between best and most entertaining. I don't think this is the most entertaining Godzilla film. Disagree. But I do think it's the best. Well, you haven't seen any of the entertaining <laughs> ones. Give me some right. of the good ones, Tanner, and I'll check them out, dude. I've only seen okay. this one in King of the Monsters, and this one blows King of the Monsters out of the fucking water. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I thought I thought this was a very good Godzilla movie. I like how they went with the traditional, you know, OG Japanese Godzilla. Um, because when I originally saw the trailers, I definitely thought they were going with the 2016 rendition of Godzilla. And, like, at the beginning of the movie, when they first introduced Godzilla, that's definitely what he kind of looked like. Um, he was just a little baby at first. He was no bigger than a T-Rex. Yeah, which I also thought was a very interesting concept. Uh, I I want to know... Maybe we'll get an explanation later. I want to know what this Godzilla's origin story is. Because I know there's about at least... You just saw it. Well, no, because there, there's like a... There's a further back point that I'm referring to, Tanner. Because um, yeah, I know cause, about... Because like in this movie, they do talk about how like there's legend of this thing... Yeah, like before he like you know becomes like this massive fucking hulking monster. So it does sound like there was something on that island before, like you know, fucking the radiation and shit got to it. Yeah, like there there's something that happens to either another creature or because you know X Y Z something something happens. Um, I'm pretty sure we're just supposed to believe that this is like a leftover dinosaur. And I don't I don't I don't believe that for a couple of reasons. Um, Give but... them. This is where he draws the line. <laughs> anyway, 
I I am probably Tanner said that he may be the, a bigger Godzilla fan. I may contest that, but who cares at this point? Anyway, did that? When did? Wait, hold on. Like, let's not put words in my mouth. We, I we never discussed said it that. I, I was like, I really like the Godzilla movies. I think I probably am the biggest Godzilla movie fan out there. And I I thought you said something. Anyway, not important. I said um, it could be me. I don't know. But I've seen quite a few uh, quite a few of these fucking things and know a lot about the guy. I think the animation was very good. Uh, the CGI in this movie was, to my knowledge, my knowledge is very limited, was incredible. I thought... Oh, it was fantastic. The, like, I, for okay. a lot of these shots, I thought they may have been using practical effects and shit. Like, it was amazing. Yeah, like, my brain couldn't really tell the difference. Tanner said something, when we were talking inside the movie theater, he was talking about uh, when he was destroying buildings, it was the particle effects or whatever you were talking about. Where? Yeah, let me let me explain that real quick. Go ahead. The, the only thing that really s- stood out to me where it was tripping my brain where I'm like, okay, I can, that, that very much is like sort of taking me out. I'm like, okay, that's a fake thing. Um, was in a lot of scenes where he is destroying a building or like when he was using his breath to blow shit up and it was, you know, particularizing buildings to very fine material. Uh, that really stood out because, um, and I figured this out using my brain. Are, we kind of intuitively know that if if a building is getting hit with enough force to be turned into such small pieces that we were seeing, they should be moving at a much they should be moving much faster. Like the fact that we can see him hit a building and it turns into teeny tiny pieces, but we're still like we can perceive them moving through the air. That that trips our brain to be like oh. There's something, there's something fake here. There's something that doesn't quite fit. I think because if he's like, uh, you know, if he's hitting something with enough force to turn it into basically dust, it should be going much faster than what we saw. And all I can assume was that was, you know, the CG artist being like, well, we want to show off the particle effects. Yeah, that's what I was about to say, and I was gonna, I was gonna say, like, correct me if I'm wrong, or like, add, put your two cents in. My whole deal with that, like, breakdown of that scenario is. Basically, what I'm hearing is we shouldn't see it moving, but since it's a movie, if he just blows something up and we see nothing, then our brain is like, well, wait, shouldn't there be something here? So, yeah, I was like, there should be something here, even if it's not realistic. Well, we can see it moving, but it should be like like a fog or a mist, you know? Right. Like, it should be dust. It, it shouldn't be like we could very identifiably see individual pieces of rubble flying around, you know? Yeah, um... But I really liked the set of powers they gave this Godzilla. One that's kind of out of left field that I don't think any... I think I was telling Tanner and Jackson this outside the theater. One power that this Godzilla had that I don't think any of the other ones had was its level of regeneration ability. Yeah, I thought um, that the regeneration on this thing was a little fucking stupid, to be perfectly honest. Like, yeah. when they blow its fucking brains out with that mine or whatever, and it's just like, ah, don't worry about it, I can shake this off, chief. It's like... Okay, this is probably a bit too much, I gotta say. Yeah. Like, I'm per- like, as I was telling Tanner, I'm perfectly fine with Godzilla having, like, regeneration, but, like, when it's, like, Wolverine levels of regeneration, where you just, like, immediately see it heal, it's like, okay, I, I like it when, like, Godzilla is, like, really tough, but, like, you can still right. fucking hurt it. <laughs> Yeah, like, I guess one thing I just thought of for that scene was, yeah, they could have still done the mind scene where they blew its brains out. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we killed Godzilla. His body's out in the sea. Just go out there. You'll see it. And then 
they go out there and the body's just gone. And they're like, well, no, it was just there like two hours ago. It should still be there. And then that adds a level of ambiguity and mystery and, you know, suspense. One thing that yeah, I, I like that something like that would have been significantly better. One thing I also like that this movie did is even though we had the civilian life and we were con- we were more in the people's lives than, like, focused on Godzilla, was, at least for me personally, I was always suspended in, uh, in like, like I, I guess I was just in suspense the whole time. Like, my brain was, like, enjoying the story that was there, but in the back of my head, I was like, okay, where's Godzilla? When's he gonna attack? When are people gonna acknowledge him as a threat? What's going on? Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump kind of to the end here. Because Tanner and, I mean, I honestly had an issue with this as well. Tanner and Jackson had a big continuity issue with this. And it was the fact that the Whammon was still alive that at was the fucking end of bullshit. the movie. Yeah, that's the exact uh, reaction Tanner and Jackson had. And I would also say the same thing. Just because nobody survives an explosion with an implosion with building debris flying around everywhere. Especially when you got concrete and rebar. That's realistically, like, sure, they're like... Like, 30,000 people are killed or injured. I would imagine the injured people are further away, though. And what I think is really super with this one, and with another problem later, is there's a really easy fix to this. Put her in a coma. Don't have her fly off the screen and we never see her again. Have her, you know, know, something happens, he wakes up, he's, you know, next to her, she's in a coma, and then put a scene in the hospital where they're like, we don't know if she'll ever wake up. And then at the end, you know, the note can be, hey, she actually came out of the coma. Yeah. It, it accomplishes literally the exact same emotional beats, but it doesn't feel stupid and contrived. Right. Jackson, did you have any other particular thoughts on this? I know you had some strong feelings. Yeah, so I have a justification for her not dying, potentially. I still... Me too. <laughs> Yeah, so obviously at the end we see she's got the fucking that Zilla virus, that got that Zilla gobbledygook on her neck. And I'm assuming what happened is she got like some sort of his powers potentially. Also, Godzilla has like insane regeneration. So I'm assuming what they're going to attempt to do, or at least what I hope they're attempting to do, is show that she just basically she got like probably fucking blown to smithereens. Uh, but because she got that Godzilla in her, uh, she just regenerated over time or some shit. I don't that fucking know. Godzilla in her. I don't, I don't really know well, any other justification stupider. for it, but I I think that's the only I think that's what they're trying to imply because they showed that. But yeah. I mean, she still should have been fucking blasted a bit, basically. She um, probably did. So yeah, to second what Jackson said, I'm actually glad you brought that up because I did dive into it a little bit because you know, like I said, I really like Godzilla. I kind of wanted to understand. There was at one point in time. I have to figure out which point in time it was. There was a point in time where Godzilla had like this weird thing going on with, called like G cells. Which is basically a infectious virus that was passed on from Godzilla. Um, so that could be the route that they are currently taking with this movie, which wouldn't be too far out in left field. The way it's introduced is kind of weird um, and doesn't make a ton of sense. But regardless, I mean, like, I'm not shaken by the ending, to be completely honest. I'm just a guy who likes good endings. That's just me. You know, I might call me out for it. I don't care. Whatever. I thought the ending was bad, but... Um, yeah, I think... I talked to Tanner about this, too, uh, by the ending. It suffered from the whole Maze Runner experience, where Tanner had stated in Maze Runner, if they just cut it off maybe, like, a minute or even a couple seconds before they did, it would have been a much better movie. Like, we didn't need to see the girl in the hospital. We didn't need to see Godzilla regenerating at the very end of the movie, because mm-hmm. then that just adds a sense of defeat after the huge victory exactly, that we yeah. spent the it whole movie It deflates the whole... Like, the whole purpose of the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. 
Don't sequel bait me like that. Yeah, that's also the, yeah. Just leave that. Leave that for the. Leave that as a great sequel introduction. Like, why do we have a sequel to this movie? And then they show it, and they're like, "Oh my god, that's incredible." Mm-hmm. So, but again, it didn't dash my hopes and like positivity about this movie. Unfortunately, yeah. so. Also, um, I think the main character like punching out. And, uh, you know, not killing himself was stupid. <laughs> However, Jackson had an awesome idea for a better way to do that. Jackson, can you please tell us the idea that I really like? What was my idea? I think I might uh, know what the idea is. Jackson's idea was that, like, the mechanic secretly makes it so that the bomb arming lever also automatically ejects the pilot. That way, he can actually complete his character arc and, you know, be resolved to sacrifice himself to save people. But then we ca- still come out, you know, being consistent with the message of the movie. And so, uh, you know, his life is saved. But at least we know, hey, he's learned that uh, lesson or whatever. Let me, let me clean the, this point up a bit. I think the biggest problem in this movie, from like a technical standpoint, is that the character arc of our main character and the sort of central message of the movie overall are completely at odds. They're like literally opposite. Our main character is like a coward like dishonorable kamikaze fighter his character I mean, arc dishonorable is, is it really that bad to be like hey i don't want to fucking kill myself in this war that we're obviously losing let me finish making my fucking point okay. um his character arc is to learn to stop being selfish and to you know actually help other people to actually put himself at risk if it's necessary to help people that's his character arc. This The movie's arc is like, hey, Japan's sort of like... Japan's culture of, like, you know, suicidal collectivism was bad and it's failed us. And so we need to learn how to live for ourselves in a positive way, you know, sort of, sort of thing. And these literally butt heads. Like, this guy should kill himself to prove that he's learned his lesson, and these guys should save their lives uh, by working together in a positive way to prove that they learned their lesson. And so Jackson's solution perfectly, uh, you know, make the, makes these things line up so that we get to see, okay, he completed his arc, he understands sometimes there are things worth sacrificing for, and, but he doesn't kill himself, which would def- also defeat the point of the movie. Um, ultimately, uh, fuck, what was I going to say? The atomic breath was fucking okay, sweet um, in this movie. Yeah, That's the atomic breath was sweet. That but, shit kicked ass. No, hold on. I, I just remember what I was gonna say. Um, ultimately, I understand why they did that though, because uh, you know th- this movie was made primarily for a Japanese audience, um, and you know messages about like, hey, individualism is sometimes good, and you don't need to fucking sacrifice your happiness for other people. Uh, is a message is a message that very much resonates in Japan. Uh, here in America, we are selfish monsters who have never once put anyone else other than ourselves ahead of ourselves. Uh, so that message doesn't quite connect, which is why I think everyone should have died in this movie. Huh? Yeah, I Nico, I feel like you haven't said much. Do you have? Anything else you'd like to say besides the atomic breath was sweet? Dude, that shit was fucking crazy! Did you see I, I it? It was like so an cool. atomic bomb, dude. Exactly! Yeah, it, was pretty, it was pretty awesome. I like that. I don't know. I don't I guess know. Like, Counter... What's up? No, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I guess uh, if we don't have too much else to say, why don't we just get on off the rankings here? 
Uh, I'll, I'll make this really quick. To kind of counter, I think, ironically, the the budding plots worked really well for the movie. I saw a guy struggling to figure out what was right. Fi- trying, like, struggling to figure out if killing himself was right or if living his life was right. Because it's what he personally believes is right, as opposed to what his culture, his, like, comrades and everybody thinks is right. Uh, and also, I'm pretty sure the idea of the, the bomb disarming thing being swapped for the eject thing. I think that was originally my idea. I think you might have misinterpreted. No, that was Jackson's idea. Okay. Also, Tanner kind of called it, like, less than halfway through the movie. He's like, I bet the guy's gonna kamikaze into Godzilla to save everybody. No, I didn't say that. I said, I think it'd be hilarious if he kamikazed into Godzilla, and then they actually did that shit. Like, uh, when they, when he, literally when he said the line, I'm gonna need a plane, me and Jackson looked at each other and were like... (laughs) Yeah, there was it was a very visible uh, nod to that part. But anyway, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought the way that this movie wrapped around itself worked very well. I didn't see any like budding conflicts with the plot, but that's just me. But anyway, the plane can, was cool. Yeah, the plane was fucking awesome. Uh, anyway, we can get all in the ranking now. Uh, I'll go first. Um, so yeah, I think it's the best Godzilla movie. I really, really liked it. I I do think that. Honestly, it might even be, like, the last ten minutes of this movie really hurt it. Yes. Um, with the way they pull, they did the main character, um, like, I, obviously I don't like the, the way he didn't learn his lesson, so to speak. Uh, the girl being alive, Godzilla being alive, um, I thought that shit was stupid. Um... We were dying of laughter when they started saluting, that was funny <laughs> as fuck. Uh, yeah. I didn't Nico get that. Was, I, I told Nico about that, and he was bewildered. He's like, why were you guys laughing at that? Because I thought the idea of this movie was actually very good opposed to you, apparently, Tanner. <laughs> Aside from I the girl didn't understand why they were saluting that. Godzilla. Like, I get maybe he's an honorable foe, so they're, like, wor- they're like saluting him in worthiness of being a, uh, you know, formidable foe. But other than that, I don't get why they saluted him. It just looked goofy as a thing. Anyway, I'm giving this one, and it kind of hurts me to say this, honestly. I'm giving it an A+. Yeah. It doesn't hurt me to say this at all. This is easily the best Godzilla film ever made. A tier. Jackson? Wow. I gave it an A minus. Oh, man. Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah, I, I really like this movie. I'm a big Godzilla fan, unfortunately. Uh, I gave this movie an S. Okay. We've been throwing around the word unfortunately an awful lot in this episode. We're really down on our own opinions. <laughs> Yeah, we sure do. <laughs> I'm uh, so sorry I have my own opinion and I like this fan genre. Oh, no. Did I give you guys my Shining ranking already? No. no. Uh, I I'm not going to get into it too much. I gave Shining a B plus. Okay. Whoa, that's the same as me. My interpretation might have been slightly different than your guys's. My idea is the guy who technically had already been there like since the beginning... His spirit gets reincarnated, and then, like, his spirit, like, the physical embodiment is forced to go back to the hotel through each reincarnation of himself. And he just performs his I don't know where the fuck again. you got that idea, but anyway, let's I kind of see it, though. I kind of fucking see it. I, I think Dylan Bond is something here. I also here. do see it as well. I think the whole, like, fucking bathroom talk he had with that one ghost kind of uh, alludes to that a little bit. But anyway, as for the actual ranks, what did these movies place at, Jackson? I don't know if The Shining's rank changed, but it's an A minus now. Who knows what it was before? And Godzilla minus one landed at an A plus. There we go. Which okay. does in fact make it the best movie according to our overall rankings we watched this week. Ah damn! Holy cow! It also means that funny anime movie was better than Endgame, which I'm a big fan <laughs> of, baby. Let's fucking go. Anyways, what are we picking this week, guys? Uh, 
Jackson, do you end up looking up check marks in the meantime? No, that requires me doing like this whole shebang. I don't feel like doing it right now. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna. <laughs> yeah, okay. sorry. Never I mean, I could, I could have done it. I didn't think you actually wanted to know. I can get you after the after the shit. Tragic. Uh, Nico, you choose first. I am going to be picking another Christmas movie here for us boys. This is going to be a Ooh. sequel, actually, to my actual favorite Christmas movie. We are going to watch in 2022's A Christmas Story Christmas. Ah, okay. I've seen this one. Um, so. Guys, it's yet another week in DC Ember. Uh, and you know, originally, I was going to pick Green Lantern because I thought it'd be funny to pick a terrible movie. But I decided to look up a list of all the movies that have been made based on DC uh, properties just to see if there was anything I, you know, didn't know about. I didn't think there would be. And I was incredibly surprised, actually. And so I'm going to be picking... A very odd movie that I didn't know existed. I'm going to be picking 1982's Swamp Thing. Oh. Directed by Wes Craven. Yeah, I've heard of this one before. <laughs> very strange. I'm interested to see what it's like. And also, I like, have not heard good things. I watched the trailer for this one on IMDb, and it looks fucking hysterical. Okay. So, we shall see. All right, Jackson, Jackson you know what to do. Oh, I'd love to roll the Patreon. Is it gonna crash? It might crash. I think it. I Why think it, it crashed crash? be, because our fucking internet died or something, and maybe it didn't restart oh. the bot. Oh, fuck. oh, hang on. Oh, it worked that. Oh, no, there it worked it is. that time. Maybe, maybe one of the movies got picked by accident. Who knows? Uh, the girl from the other side was picked, though. Whoa! This is another anime thank, movie. Thank you, Tupa, for the suggestion. Not another one. Oh no! And speaking of the Patreon, Dylan, would you like to tell the people all about it? Yeah, guys, listen, I'm going to say this once. I, I'll never say it again. None of us will ever mention it again. It's just a dollar. It gets you access to our Discord, and in that Discord, you get to talk to us. You get to suggest movies. You get to suggest topics we talk about. And on top of that, Jackson over here will slap you some 500 slime coins. Uh, in addition to that, outside of that, you'll uh, you'll get access to our pre-guap and uh, early, uh, early access to episodes before they go up on Saturday or whatever days they go up. And, uh... Yeah, I don't think I'm missing anything besides reading your name at the end, which I'm about to do. Uh, thank you, Raheem Rajawani, Kyler Nikolai, briefly interrupting the name reading to say I'm a hebophile, whatever that means. Uh, Top Ramen Man, Joshua Bean, Cuties of My Favorite Movie Because the Girls Are So Cute and Funny, uh, Tutbot, Lucas Lidette, Hunter, and Jacob Edwards. Thank you all so much for your contributions. And as always, thank you very much for watching as well. I hope you enjoyed it. Bye-bye! Bye. Bye-bye.